Hey, yo, Flip. Yo. I'm going to put you on some fire, man. They got this new bed wash company. They got the lotion and the, the everything. What's their name? They got a recovery room. It's What's out- the name? Maestro's, Maestro's Classic. G-Money's up front. I'll put, put you, you on, put you on man. Man. I'll put you on the you Maestro's, sure? man. You forgot the way I brought you? You forgot where I brought you oh, up there? Oh, man. You forgot? You forgot man. about Ghost? Oh, all right, Who is What's his name? Ghost. You know again? He cool, man. <laughs> Ghost is cool, man. Yo, make sure you get your Maestro's Classic Bed Care products yes. today at Target. CVS mm-hmm. or go on maestrosclassic.com and use the promo code QueensFlip to get 10% off. 10%, that's it? I thought, it was, I thought it was free if you put your... Are you crazy? All right, I got it. Make sure you go there today. Log on. Maestros with an S.com. I'm from Queens. G-Money! Yo. Oh, what shit. the heck are you doing, bro? What's good, man? How you feeling? I'm not asking you, are you good, man? Like, what are you doing? Somebody paid you to wear that. A sponsor gave you money to wear this. Last minute sponsor. A last minute. What is that? First of all, how you doing? You good? I'm all right. I can't even. I don't even want to talk. First of all, I, you know, what is that? <laughs> what do we? What, 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 I don't want to. Well, you know, being that it's a last minute sponsor, they, they didn't have a chance to, 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 to purchase the full package. You know, so they got the they got the the low package. So the low package is I, I get to wear it for the first minute of the show. No shout out. And then that's it. You know what I'm saying? It's cold outside, so I had to I had to get a, a a sponsor to keep me warm for the beginning of the show. And then, you know what I'm saying? But um, the back still goes through, though. You know what I'm saying? So, How you doing? Are you good? I don't. What is that supposed to block the wind from going to your face? It just keeps you warm all over. You know, the, the stupid everything. dreads in the front, bro. The locks <laughs> in the front. What is that? It's like a predator. So you look. Yo, gee, take that. I, I, I'm gonna wait a minute. Pardon me. Lord. I got about like 15 seconds left. Pardon me. Your sponsor's not paying me, so I ain't co-signing this. All right, we good. How you doing, man? You good? I'm all right, man. Yo, What's going on? This is why. This is this is why I don't really. <laughs> this is why I don't open your DMs. This is why I don't have conversations because that stuff like that is like that stuff is crazy. Like, I'm dead, dead surprised at that shenanigans that just happened. <laughs> Like, I need to have a meeting with the team. I'm going to meeting with all five of us. That, it's I it's cold know. outside. It that, was windy and everything. What did the the, the the strings in the front have to do with anything? Just for style, I guess. I don't know. Exactly. Fashion. You know why? Because you ain't paid for the big package, so you ain't giving <laughs> the details. See, that's why I ain't shout you out. You see that? Mm-hmm. Shout, out to the, shout out to the last sponsor. Shout out to them. Psych. Not from me. From him. <laughs> you all right? I'm good. I'm going to get straight into this, man. I'm excited about our next guest. Yes. It may be a long one. Pause. Long interview. Legendary guy you know in the building. Mean? Yeah, legendary. Shot a very impressive one time too, though. You know, an official sponsor. It's, it's a little better. It's a little better, yeah, right? Yeah, it's yeah. A little... Shout out to you. Shout out to you, though, man. You and your sponsor game. I mean, the people are loving you, bro. Yeah, I love the people, man. You know. I didn't have to say that. Let me just. <laughs> <laughs> also, yes. Shout out to your channel. Your channel was, you know, you reached five thousand, five thousand subscribers. Thank you, thank you. Um, you know me on the road to ten thousand. Um. And stuff like that, man. How do you feel? How's everything, man? We back. It's full good to be back, man. Shout out to everybody to support behind the scenes. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Uh, YouTube.com slash DJG Money. You know, it's definitely uh, part of the Flip the Script podcast uh, mm-hmm. brand. So, you know, if you want to see what goes on before the show, after the show, make sure you check the page out. You know King Erna called my phone upset. King Erna like, yo. <laughs> you know, he said it was unfair. He wants to. He said that he feels that he's old or behind the scenes. We'll set it up. We set it up. You always say you gonna set something. No, no, I ain't gonna let you allow you to do that to him. Are you gonna really no. set up or not, man? We can set it up. 
You got to call Marty one time, Marty two times. Marty two times. You <laughs> know what I'm saying? You're going to set it up. I'm excited about this next guest. Yes. Until we get to him, G Money. Yo. Episode 141. Nigga, Nigga we made it. it. Woo. We got a special guest. Mm. You know, <clears throat> I really don't. I'm just gonna, Care, careful, careful. I'm going to just say legend. It's, yeah, I'm about to say, okay, hip hop legend. Let's, let's not get crazy. Hip hop legend in the building. I don't think he was cool with Adam BC and them. <laughs> he know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Lord Jamal in the building. One more round of applause for him, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, Welcome yeah, to yeah. Flip the Script. Hey, what's good? Oh, wow. That's a lot of. What's good, Lord Jamal? How you doing, brother? I'm great. DJ G Money. What's up? What's up, boss? What in the octopus face was that? <laughs> octopus face. Did you just had on? I mean, that listen, was, man. I ain't you gonna... look like a squid face. I, Get him, Lord! It do. It do. I ain't gonna lie, it's, it's, it's kind of warm though. It's cause it's a little cold outside today. I mean, I don't get the, the I don't get the technic, the technical, whatever the. Because it wasn't really like a, a a beard necessarily, right? Like because it didn't even have a cutout for the it mouth. Had, it had a whole. It like, was just. Yeah, it's a little crazy. What do you think they were thinking when they put that together? Listen, first of all, <laughs> I could tell it's crocheted. Okay, so mm. somebody crocheted that. Mm -hmm. Um. That's somebody's crochet experiment. It <laughs> looked like I think that the, somebody's I, crochet project. Maybe it's like a rug that went wrong. They started it as a yeah, rug, and they said, lot. "You know what? I mean, I'm gonna just turn this into a hat." Man, I'm glad that's not my brand. I, I, I would feel a now, way, who could you know I saying? give this to? That's crazy enough to wear it. This guy, <laughs> him, DJ G Money. This guy, Thanks. I'm here for it, man. Yeah. Well, like you said, welcome to the show, man. Thank Appreciate you, you coming out. You know, definitely a legend in the game. You know, as a DJ coming up, I, you know, I still do play the records now. You know, from day one, I've been playing on joint. So definitely, uh, you know, it's good to have you on the couch. Good to have you on the platform. So you know, how you want to spend it today, man? How, how you want to do it? Well, today? I don't want to. You see, usually with people like this, I jump out the window. That's why. That's why I pull. I want to make sure. I, I know how I, you want to do it. I don't want to jump out the window with the questions yet. I want to. I want to because you see, he is a guy that's like this. Mm, he's ready. You watch him. Yeah, he's very. I mean, ready. he sees. He's, he's a legend, so he yeah. knows. And he's not is. letting me smoke in here. Yeah. So now I'm, I'm like, oh, yeah, almost too sharp. Right yeah, yeah, now. yeah. He's like, sharp. Yeah. He could cut the wind. I ain't have to <laughs> drink or nothing. Yeah, I mean, if you wanted to drink, you know, we have drinks uh, in there. If uh. I can't smoke, then I'm good. All right, so thank you, very mm. good. I don't, I, I, you know, we ain't giving you a drink. Let's how we do it, G. We're gonna take our time with it, man. You know, take us back. Uh, you know, before why were you hating on Eminem? Oh. Man, come on, man. Stop. Don't do that. Why were you hating on him? Out the gate. <laughs> Out the gate. <laughs> and like one of my boys said, that that's some shit you, that's what you was going to say. Well, I would listen. Come on. You know and I know that's not what's going on. Mm. What do you consider? So let's, let's just knock it off. To the people it's considered hate. I don't give a fuck. To, to his people is considered hate. Okay. You see what I'm saying? To the stands is considered hate. To the people that would like to control and dominate the narrative of hip-hop is considered hate to them. To me, it's self-preservation of my culture. There ain't no hate. I'm tired of talking about this dude. Mm. I don't have no hate for him. He's a good rapper. He's just not my cup of tea, 
nor is he a lot of people that I fuck with cup of tea. And my final thing, I don't even want to really talk about this no more. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying, if black people who are the creators of hip hop don't crown you the goat, you're not the goat. That's it. Now, if that sounds hateful to you, that's your fucking interpretation. Mm. But I'm telling you, that's my only thing. That's it. So it's not a, it's not a black and white thing. With oh yeah, it is a black and white thing because he's, they only calling him the goat because he's white. Mm. <laughs> because there's plenty of niggas that rhyme just as good as that. That flip their words just in that, but nobody got them in those conversations. And they're not selling the amount of records that he was selling. He brought pride to white people in hip hop. Because before that, white people was looked at as super corny. Mean, Vanilla Ices and all that type okay. of shit. He sold mad records. Did that make him good? MC Hammer sold mad records. Did that make him the GOAT? This is the only reason why they'll consider him the GOAT is because he sold the most in hip-hop. But who'd he sell it to? Not necessarily the creators. He sold it to the Johnny-come-latelys of the culture, the people that needed somebody like that. I could sell prosthetic legs to one-legged uh, one people all day. Mm -hmm. That's easy. Hmm. But, so, I don't really see a lot of people having a problem with him being the self-proclaimed GOAT. Meaning that the people that, you know, you said the people that you rock Do with. Do you think he's the GOAT? Do you think Eminem's the greatest of all time? No. So what are we talking about? <clears throat> Hold on. But who said he was, though? Who 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 said that? A lot of people, I, you know, they yeah. all up in my DMs. And, I mean, I see it all the time. Like, mm. but then, like but I then, see a lot of people say this. But don't you think it's a little... But not necessarily black people, and that's my point. But don't you We think live in two different worlds. In one world, in the, in the white world, he is the GOAT. In the black world, probably Jay-Z is the GOAT. But hip-hop is one world, though, no? No, it's not. Okay. We don't live in one world. Mm -hmm. Like, let's not be fucking naive here. There's a black world and a white world. But hold on. It's kind of hypocritical because don't you... You, you, it's, you said it's a... What is your stance on white people? What is my stance? What's on your stance white on people? white people? Yeah, I have a, I'm gonna get to a point. Ah, uh, what do you mean by that? Because you sit on a white man's couch a lot, which is Vlad mm -hmm, TV. Mm -hmm. So if you have a stance on white people, if 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 you are you utilizing that opportunity to your best of your advantage? Do you? How do you? What do you look at? How do you view white people in coming into our sport and doing what we're doing? First of all, how do you look at white people overall before? What's your stance First on white people? First of all, do you know my history as a 5%er? I learned it. <laughs> I learned it, but I have to ask these questions. Okay, so we teach that the black man is God and the white man is the devil. I've sat on Vlad's couch and looked him in the eye and he said, is the white man the devil? And I said, yes. Wow. Go look it up. It's there, I saw it. 
So, but now my interpretation of the devil is probably different than your interpretation of the devil. Mm -hmm. You know, a, a Christian's inter spooky interpretation. You know, for me, a devil is someone who does weak, is weak and wicked does weak and wicked things, you know what I mean? And if we look historically, the one who does the most weak and wicked shit on the planet has been the white man. And he does his weak and wickedness against original people, AKA black people, natives, aboriginals, whatever you'd like to call us. Mm. Um, and through history, he's time and time again come within our culture, taken what he wants out of it, discarded us from what we started, and claimed it as his own. We have the, we have the, uh, you know, the Chuck Berries and the Cab Calloways and all of these motherfuckers to attest to that, the, 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 the coal trains and all of that type of shit. And so I'm here knowing this type of history and I'm just saying that shit ain't happening on my watch. Mm. It's not about hating white people. It's about loving black people. Are you using Vlad to your advantage? Yes. I use all things to my advantage. We use the record company to the advantage. We was on white people's record labels dropping science. <clears throat> We living in the white man, I'm going to the white man's supermarket, using that to my advantage, because I got to eat. I'm using his currency for food, clothes, and his shelter. What are we talking about here? <laughs> like, like, yes, Vlad has an infrastructure, because mm -hmm. I have my own show, too. Yes. But when I put out videos, I can say the same exact shit that I say on Vlad, and... I know when I go on Vlad, it's going to get 300, 400, 500,000 views mm -hmm. as opposed to my channel where, you know, a good day, 20,000 or something. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, on a good day. Because he got an infrastructure that he's been 10 plus years Tracks. working with his shit. And he knows the whole ins and outs, and he's got that. He's tapped in. To a size. Exactly. So if I want to fucking say some shit or whatever... You know what I mean? And and proliferate it to more people. Wouldn't it make sense to go to the place that, you know what I mean, is already set up? This is why people sign record deals. It's why we signed a record deal. If we would have put out brand Nubian records back then on our own, you probably would have never heard of us. Let's keep it real. We didn't sign with the white man. Hmm. So there's pros and cons of everything. You got to do what you got to do out here in this world. But see, I fuck with Vlad, though. Right. You know what I mean? I fuck with Vlad. Because he don't have to fuck with me. True. He could just be all, just put a whole bunch of negative shit on his channel. Not to say I agree with everything that's on his channel. Mm -hmm. But at least he try to balance it out with certain shit. Motherfuckers mm -hmm. like me. Motherfuckers like Godfrey. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of shit that... You know, he's given an alternative view that 
a, a white dude doesn't necessarily have to give. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so but but, <clears throat> and excuse me. Yeah, one of the, yeah, click it. There we go. My thing is this: when I do my research, and you know, when you read up on you, you know, they have these all these controversial things, mm-hmm. and then I looked at it like, well, yeah, either you know, he's very smart, or he's being a hypocrite. Now, you stick to your gun, so I can't say you're a hypocrite. I think that it's a it's a chess move, you know. I think that uh, it's pushing the black message, pushing the message of our people, like you said, loving our people more. That's what it is. But you had said some controversial things to people, and my thing is like, what I say controversial. Well, that people is a guest in the house of hip hop. That's that's controversial. <laughs> no. Why? I oh, think, it was when I said it. That was controversial. I think more controversial was about you know, hip hop, which is true. Mm-hmm. I think the homosexuality thing, you know, was was deemed more controversial than that. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? He like what? Is it true? He said it. He know okay. what he said. Mm-hmm. Okay. And don't say it. Don't do that. Don't. And what? Don't like say, what you want me what, to say? What? And what? What? You what? said it. What, 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 why did you say? What did it? I say? It said you that tell you me said what that I said. Hip hop is not a place for homosexuality. That's what it said. It's not. It's not. And then they called you a homophobic, and you said you've been to a gay wedding I, with your friend. Mm-hmm. I did. I'm not, first of all, to be phobic of something, okay, is a medical condition. Oh, you go, you go school Somebody down. that's really phobic <laughs> of something, when it enters the room, they're going to go running out in total fear. So stop calling people homophobic because that's a fucking false diagnosis from people that are not qualified to diagnose anything. It's true. That's number one. Okay. I am not homophobic just because I disagree with certain morality that's trying to be pushed on our people in our culture. Okay. Which is not indicative of who we really are as a people. Historically. When you go back into Greek and Roman culture, that's part of their culture. That, not to say that we never did it in our culture, but it wasn't prevalent and it wasn't a normal thing. It was abnormal in our culture. In their culture, it was normal. So I'm just saying, don't try to impose your cultural norms on something we've already established. Since when was it cool in hip hop to to like rhyme about gay shit? Like, Mm. answer me, sir. When was it ever cool to come out with a record and be like, yo, I'm with that, I'm with those shits? So you don't don't think hip hop could could, uh, Evolve and change. Oh, this the... word evolve. Stop with this fucking evolve. I'm just, shit. I'm just saying. Hip hop can 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 go different ways. You mm. know, it can evolve. It can devolve. Because it came from. It can, the, it it can move the... in different ways. It can move naturally and it can move I'm unnaturally. I'm about to get him. <laughs>
I'm just saying, because it came from the Bronx. Get me. It came from the Bronx, you watch know, this. New York right. City. Off, right? Came from New York yep. City. Yeah, yeah, watch this. It, it expanded. It went to the South. It went to the West Coast. It went to the Midwest. So wh what about one of our pioneers in hip hop? What you heard about him, African Bambada? Yep. Huh? And I didn't agree that? with that. What you got to say about that? I already talked to You see, first of all, you got me here now rehashing a bunch of shit that. You know what I mean? I want to know for myself. I don't I necessarily want to rehash, bro. Oh. Listen. You don't want to talk about him. I've already talked about him. Mm, interesting. Have you done the knowledge? Of course I did. Okay, so I said, if he's guilty of that, that that was some bullshit, okay? From the onset of it, what, 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 what made me raise an eye is when, at some point, he tried to say, that he didn't know his accuser. Now me, for a fact, I knew that he knew him because I had been in the studio with both of them before. The dude that was his accuser was like the, the, the receptionist of the motherfucking studio that we started at, which was Strong City Studios up in the Bronx on Allerton Avenue, a Zulu Nation studio, basically, run by my man Jazzy J, who is... African Bambada's DJ, basically. Um, so when he said that, I was like, damn, why the fuck would he say that? That's not, that just alarmed me. I don't know if the shit is true or not, but if the shit is true, it's fucking foul. And I'm not with it. And that's not hip hop. And I don't give a fuck. That, that, that doesn't take away from what the fuck he's done in hip hop, from what he's pioneered. You see what I'm saying? Um, but at the same time, as a man, I don't co-sign that. I know you don't co-sign Period. So, and especially fucking with little kids and shit like that, too. Like, come on. Now, if you want to do gay shit, that's on you, bro. Like, grown men doing gay shit. I don't really care about that type of shit. I'm just saying, stop trying to normalize some shit that's not necessarily normal. That's it. It's not hate, bro. And that's why I said, and when I brought up the shit about going to the wedding, is I'm not trying to like just pull that out the pocket. I'm just saying this is a dude that I've known since I was a little kid, and I didn't fucking, oh, you know, you gay. I was like, we always kind of knew this guy was gonna be gay. You know what I mean? Like he was one of those dudes, but we still, he was from, he grew up with us, and so we still fuck with him. And then when he fucking got mad, his own mother didn't even go to the fucking wedding, but I fucking went. You know what I mean? All the way upstate, all kind of. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Come on, man! You gonna call me homophobic? Like, I, like, like? Come on, like, well, knock it off. You know, you know, I don't feel that. Hold on, G. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I don't feel that way. About I'm you. just saying, like, I'm I don't like when when people try to put those labels on a motherfucker. You know what I mean? Because that's not who I am. You know what I mean? That's like, right. I, I work from a place of love, bro. I don't work from a place of hate. Like the internet is so used to dealing with hate and people right, right. hating on shit. I'm not coming from a place of hate. I'm coming from a place of love. I love black people. And I love what we're really about. You see mm -hmm. what I'm saying? I love us in our natural state. Not in this fucked up, mentally warped state that, you know, this society got us in. Mm -hmm. That's it. So so that the um does the same rule apply for females now in hip hop? What do you mean? As far as females being lesbians or oh yeah, of course I don't fuck with that. So you you don't cross out on either. Uh, absolutely not. Hmm. Okay. 
So, <clears throat> one more question until we slow things down. Because, mm -hmm. And you're sharp. You're sharp. My well, main thing is smoke that, it. <laughs> <laughs> my, main, my main thing is that when you hear like predominant black leaders mm -hmm. of today's societies right. robbing the people, right? how does that make you feel? Like you hear, and I'm not saying it's true, I, I don't know I, about the I, evidence. I, like Umar Johnson or the, the Brother Polites, how does that make you feel? Because you're for the people. You know, I don't, it doesn't make, it never makes me feel good. Whenever I would hear it from back in the days, whoever might have been doing it, I never want to feel like my people are being taken advantage of. Mm -hmm. And that's why a lot, you know, most things that I say, I'm just giving knowledge. I'm just making knowledge born. I'm not really asking you for shit. You want to donate to the You Know What I Mean Godcast so we can, you know what I mean, <laughs> up our production value? That's fine. But I'm not I'm not saying, yo, any knowledge that I share with you, you got to pay me for this shit. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. This is knowledge is, is, you know what I mean? You're supposed to deal equally in your knowledge. Deal in equality in your knowledge. That's what I was taught, so that's what the fuck I do. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I learn some shit, and if I feel like uh, it could be useful or valuable to someone else and help them look at something from a different perspective, I make that knowledge born, put that into the universe. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. and, and the ones that fuck with it, fuck with it, and the ones that don't, I don't need everybody to agree with me. Mm. You know what I mean? Those that do value what I say, and those that don't, be like, oh, he's a loudmouth asshole, whatever the fuck they want to call me, old, whatever the fuck. I don't give a fuck. They don't hurt me. <laughs> does, do, but do you, do you, does, how do you feel about these characters, though? Like, how do you feel about well, Umar Johnson? How do you feel? What do you, what's your take on Umar Johnson? And see, Brother I don't, Black? I don't, I don't, you know, I, I've met both of these guys as acquaintances, you know. Okay. I, I, I met Polite and I met Umar Johnson, you know. I don't, I hear the rumors about things, um, so I don't really know. You know what I mean? I don't know what to say until I get more knowledge on that. I don't like That's to right. speak on certain things without having enough knowledge on it. Um, but I hear the rumors, and, and they make me, you know, I hope they're not true. You know what I mean? Um, that's all I could say. I hope they're not true. And I have one more question, and then we're going to take it easy mm -hmm. because, I, you know, and you know I'm proud. I'm proud of you. You made me proud. <laughs> okay. I respect Vlad TV. Mm -hmm. He has, uh, like you said, you said something to me that's dope. That he has it down to a T. You know, I learned from Star. You know, I follow Star and Buckwild. Oh, and the, I fuck with Star. That's too. the that's route I follow. Uh -huh. You know, I, you, we know he came in and took the game over. Yes, he did. And I learned from him. You know, what I mean, I, I study him closely. Vlad TV also has, you know, he has the game down pack. He knows the algorithm. But when you and you co-sign him, you just said. I fuck with Vlad. Mm -hmm. But when you hear things like Vlad has lawsuits, like in 2018, there was a lawsuit filed against him, you know, saying that when he said the lines like, um, black people aren't slaves anymore, they accuse him of being racist. How does that make you feel as a as a person? When you, if you co-sign him, and I'm with you, if I co-sign him, I'm like, oh, I, I, well, Jamal co-sign him because your word is a, is a big deal. But how does that make you feel? That's your man, huh? Don't let me turn up on you. <laughs> how that make you feel, man? First of all, again, like you, you asking me about things that I don't have full knowledge on. You see what I'm saying? Like, like, yeah. I would need more knowledge on 
what you even talking about? You okay. see what I'm saying? It's lawsuit. I, I've heard rumors of lawsuits, and, and but I don't know the full details and all of that. So that's you. You're a type of person that you need to know every single thing in order before you make it. Well, assessment. I need to know enough to, to make a, an educated a, a, a assessment on something. But by I'm you not just going to roll up on the scene and be like, he did the murder, and I don't yeah. fucking know. I didn't see no gun or nothing <laughs> like that. You see what I'm saying? That's like, right. so. It's like, yeah, like give me give me some sort of information in order to process and then I can better talk about some shit. But, but what I will say is, you know, shit, we all got some bullshit with us somewhere, mm. somehow. Mm. Nobody's perfect. I'm not saying this dude Vlad is perfect. He he probably do do some shit. Like I catch him out all the, first of all, I'm one of the main motherfuckers that be screaming on him on his own channel when he say some fucking crazy shit. You know what I mean? Like, it's so it's like. Do you feel that, do you, in your heart of dealing with him, I'm gonna leave it at this. Mm -hmm. Do you personally feel that Vlad TV's, two questions. First, do you feel like he is a culture vulture? That's mm -hmm. one. And do you feel that, and do you think that he's a racist? Two questions, the culture vulture first. First of all, well, the culture vulture, again, if you watch one of the videos, I sat there with him and made him say, under the term, under the definition of what a culture vulture is, are you a culture vulture? And he had to say yes. Okay? So I don't know if you missed that episode. I'm a, no, I'm a culture vulture as well. You see? Because, and I've said that too, <laughs> that black people can be yes, culture vultures. I know, but as why well. I can't get you to answer this? Flip the script. I said, I'm telling you. Nobody want to watch. You want me to go to. I saw it. I saw what you said. It was monumental. This but shit is I don't over. like rehashing shit. So, so, so say if you're going to make me. I, I said that already. You said that earlier. I said, you got me here rehashing a lot of shit that I already fucking answered like a million fucking times. And it's like, I don't know about a million times, but I saw you. Well, culture vultures, the person's very yes, interested in the art. Yes, if you. Right? If you well, it's also, to me, you know, it's somebody that's from outside of the culture who's profiting, who's profiting off of something that they're outside of. You know what I mean? Again, when we was plugging turntables into light posts and all that type of shit, it was blacks and fucking Puerto Ricans. That's who the fuck was there. Like, it wasn't no white people there. Only when Bambada and them went downtown to the Roxy and the Funhouse, and that's when the white people got exposed to the hip hop. But they didn't fucking when it was really going down. Oh yes, yes, y'all. A bit. Well, that ain't, wasn't nowhere to be found. That's mm. when they wasn't even fucking with hip hop. They was hating, literally hating on hip hop, hoping this shit was gonna go away. Once the fucking shit didn't go away, now you want to be part of it and all this fucking bullshit and act like, <laughs> you know, we built this house together. No, we didn't. We built the house and then we welcomed y'all in as guests. Now, let me ask you something. You go away on vacation sometimes, yes? Yeah. You go to a hotel, right? Mm -hmm. Are you the guest of the hotel, right? <laughs> do you feel bad when you're a guest of a hotel? No. Or do they treat you good? They treat you good. Why would you why would you feel bad if I if you go to a, a hotel they welcome you in they fucking they're feeding you fucking all inclusive why would you feel bad about that unless you were so arrogant that you felt like you had to own every fucking thing and just cuz I'm here now I you know or 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 I, I'm a long-time resident at the hotel and I know every fucking body that still doesn't mean I own the motherfucker 
hold on though, but let's say I'm, let's say I'm a guest and I start contributing. That greatly. doesn't mean you own it. Okay, so, so Eminem said he, he owned own hip hop. I'm saying he's not one of the architects. Okay. He and 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 we as black people, you know, because the. You have the architects and then there's the inheritance. You know, they'll mm. pass their inheritance down to the next generation. So we as black people in are direct descendants of the architects of of all things, really. Um and then these people are invited to participate. And we're not saying you can't participate in all of that, but we're just saying that we as the architects, we designed this shit. So we know. You know what I mean? Right. We know how big it is. We know what it's supposed to be. And when you now come in, like as the guest, I don't give a fuck how long you've been staying at this hotel, could you now go in the lobby and start moving furniture around? No. Mm -mm. No. And if you did, they, excuse me, sir. <laughs> excuse me, sir, but you're going to have to leave that alone. And if you didn't listen... You kept doing it. They're going to get security on your fucking ass and kick you out. <laughs> some things we don't have control over. See, no matter how much. You right. Know, you and to, some things we do. No matter how much you try to paint that, you know, paint the narrative or get people to agree. Some things we just don't have control over. So what are you saying? What, what saying? don't we have control over? We, they, they're not going to take him out. Uh, you know, people consider you said something earlier that. I know a lot of black people that consider Eminem the GOAT. I mean, the last thing that he put out, they was like, oh, he's bugging. Yeah, Jay-Z really is. You know, but at one point, they considered him the GOAT. Who? A lot of people. Who? A lot of people my age, black people, teenagers, young adults at the time. Being honest. <laughs> I think if you did a real survey, bro. So you did a real survey. I'm just saying. Uh, well, no, not. I'm. Just, we don't need to. Don't be sarcastic. We need to. Don't come at me with sarcasm. Man. I'm not yeah. coming at you with sarcasm. You're cutting the air again with I'm the sharp blade, bro. Seriously, niggas wasn't listening to Eminem like that. Like, let's fucking keep it real. When did you go to a club and hear fucking I'm Slim Shady? Yes, I'm the Slim Shady. Tell me when you ever fucking heard that in the club. Back in the yes, day, yes, you fire. never heard that in the club. You're Hi, lying. my name is. You You're lying. But the they never played that so, in the club. So, Nowadays, everybody so the club call matters? they got something to no, say. No, I'm not saying only the club matters. Saying, you know, but I'm just saying, like, that's not the type of shit that real niggas was Him and Dr. To. Dre, that song, played in the club a lot. I'm saying an Eminem song. Oh, not, by himself. Not song, yeah, not, yeah, by himself. Not songs that he was on. Because, yeah, some songs that he was on with other people did play in the club. You're right. No, I, I can't say I can't say I heard Eminem in a club None. before. Really? How about at a black I barbecue? I can't. <laughs> How about at a black barbecue? At the family barbecue? I don't huh? know. Are they turning that on? No, they're not. They turn no, on. they're you fucking make not. You happy. That's mm -hmm. they turn on. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you where they're playing Eminem. Mm -hmm. At the white fucking bars, at the college bars and shit like that. You know, with drunk white people. Thrashing, I'm Slim Shady. So that doesn't like count for hip hop. Jerks and shit, huh? So, so, so that don't count. So let's say, let's say, oh, let's say, we're talking about this too much. Get off of this. Enough. Because this it. is the part that makes it seem like I'm hating on him. Sure. Because I'm trying to convince y'all that we don't really listen to him. And, and all right, so let's. I don't. I shouldn't even have to do that. Y'all know that we don't really let's, listen to. Let's him. say it's someone else. It. And I'm not. Let's saying, say it's not him. And I'm saying, it, say and that's him. not against him. Mm. That's me just saying again. 
that we can act like color doesn't matter and all that, but we know damn well there's a black world and a white world. Like, forget hip hop. Mm -hmm. Let's go to comedy. Like, like, you know, white people. Jerry Seinfeld is the funniest motherfucker or some shit. You see what I'm saying? For us, it's like Dave Chappelle or some shit like that. You see what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. we live in two different worlds. Let's not get it twisted. Like, like, whether we think we're in some post-racial society or not, we, we're not. You know what I mean? And Trump is proving that right now. Mm. Who the fuck you think it voted him in? The other, the, the other white people. You know what I mean? Like the majority <laughs> of these motherfuckers. Right. Because there's another world that wasn't fucking with that Obama shit. I respect that. I think that, I think that you, you, you're right. I just feel like, you know, some things, you can't, you know, people... Everybody gonna have their own opinion. Individuality. I know. You just want to say shit that's gonna nah, get me riled up. No, individuality. <laughs> get me to say some you shit. Can't, you can't, and I don't want to. That's not what I'm here to do. Views and shit. Nah, but you know, because at the end of the day, that's what niggas love to do too. Is well, get these views. We all like to get views. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like and, and try to push buttons to but get these views. But it's not about views. pushing buttons. Yeah. But you have to. You have to acknowledge that everybody's different. Oh, you know of course. I mean? Times has changed, niggas. You, 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 you up there? How old are you? About 50, 51, 52? 51. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I'm 32. Mm -hmm. So we what? look at things from a different lens, a right. different scope. So, so, and do you okay. feel like you're because you're younger? Is your scope better than mine? You're no, but do you feel because you're older that your scope is better than mine? Not necessarily better, but I feel like I have more experience than uh, your. Is scope. your ears to the streets? Are you in tune Absolutely. with the young audience? Are you in tune with them? Yep. Yes, I am. Maybe not as much as you, because of course you're younger, but I always make it a point to keep my ear to the street and fuck with the young cats. Can't argue with that. I just feel like uh, how I'm going to leave it on that is that you cannot change how somebody feels. Somebody feel that way, man, you just be like, all right, man, cool, man. Fuck it. If you feel that way, that Eminem is a goat, Listen, I'm just saying I'm going to ride for and black people and, and, and all the you time. you are. That's you what are. I'm gonna do. If I, I don't think you're. I don't think. I don't think. I don't. I don't think you're a hater. I'm not gonna use that word. I think that you genuinely love your culture. That's it. That's it. So can <laughs> we just? You know what I mean? Just leave it at that. <sighs> Come right, on. So and we got so much. First of all, <laughs> I'm such a valuable source of information and history you're almost wasting your time asking me shit like this don't try to school us on how to do the interview i'm just telling you, you i'm just telling you okay digger you go on flat we watch all that stuff you're sharp too you know my man saying? don't try to school us allow us to do it unless you're saying your flip your i'm saying i'm tired out. of that shit yeah yes. understood and i respect okay. that i respect I can, say I, 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 I can see the can annoyance we move on we are yeah. we about to wait, 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 hold on no 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 you gotta wait <laughs> We about to move on, man. I just told G like I would like this. Oh, okay. All right. So there's one thing that I didn't personally see on, on online that you didn't speak about is your childhood. So I want to go back. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not sure if you touched yeah, on yeah. anything about that when you know on Vlad or any other platform that yeah, you're on. But let's, get into that. let's talk about the childhood. So mm -hmm. where are you from originally? Born in the Bronx, grew up in Nourishell in Westchester. Okay. Mm -hmm. Was it like growing up for you? What kind of kid were you growing up? Uh, you know, I was the oldest of three boys. Mm -hmm. um, in a town full of, like, 
people that was there was had families there generationally. You know what I mean? Right. Like with a lot of cousins and shit like that. And I like had to make a way through that and pave a way for my younger brothers and all that type of shit. You know what I mean? But New Rochelle is uh it's a pretty diverse city. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. when we went to school, it wasn't like some people, they go to school and it's all black people. Now nah, we had black people, white people, Chinese people, Spanish people. Right. You were able to see and have relationships with all kinds of cultures. So a lot of things that I might speak on and see as far as white people are concerned happened firsthand growing up. Hmm, okay. I see, you know I, see I see where it's done from now. Being being cool with a white boy and then all of a sudden one day y'all have a fucking problem and he just turned red face and be like, nigga! And you just like, oh shit, like, hmm. yeah. This so you dealt with that firsthand? Absolutely. In school? Mm-hmm, school, just, just around, you know what I mean? And so that would make, you know what I mean? Right, right. Niggas stay with the niggas and, you know what I mean? White what, boys kind of, we used to have race wars some days mm. at our schools. Now, but um, at what age did you like realize that the whole like racial thing, you know, like at what age did you really understand what that meant? Yo, I want to say very young, like mm. very young, the racial shit was, you know what I mean? You could tell like, oh, hang on, I'm black. And that's different than being white. Hmm. And it's not necessarily looked on as that good. You know what I mean? Right, like, right. um, Because, you know, back then, like on TV, we only had a couple of shows. Like, oh, what? Good Times. Good Times, Fred <laughs> Sanford, shit like that. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, um, those were our examples of, of black people. Mm. But then at some point, Roots came out. Mind blown. What? Black <laughs> we man niggas was going to school whooping white people's ass the next day, bro. Mm. Like it was that was a changing thing right there. Take me to a time when when you were younger and you, you seen uh uh what you experienced like a racial moment with with someone in your school or your neighborhood, like take take me to a situation that happened. Aye. That you recall. And this is this is this is like you know, just being so naive sometimes, cause you don't, you don't even really know right. sometimes what racism is. So I, so <clears throat> we used to go to this camp and shit, me and my brothers and shit, and it was a day camp or whatever. Mm. And again, a lot of mixed people, black, white, or whatever. So I got cool with this, this white boy, and. At some point, I don't know, I want to say I'm like eight, nine years old or some shit like that. And so it's like, oh, you know, you want to sleep over my house? and You You know, you're having sleepovers <laughs> and shit. All right, yeah. But see, this kid lived in City Island in the Bronx and shit, you know? Mm -hmm. Now, City Island's in the Bronx, but City Island is a very white, you know, especially back then, is a very white fucking type of area. But I ain't necessarily know that. 
So I'm out there. We around his fucking crib. Some little white boys roll up on the bike. And this motherfucker say to me, Hey, what's up, you fucking ju- you jungle bunny? You spear chucker? Wow. And yo, that's my word. I never heard that shit before. Mm-hmm. I ain't know what the fuck he was talking about. I'm almost like, hmm. You know, and he's <laughs> like, what you doing over here, you fucking jungle bunny, you spear chucker? Yo, so now the white boy that I was with fucking heard that. And he was like, yo, you don't fucking let them talk to you like that. Yo, and he fucking went over there and whooped these white boys' <laughs> ass. Wow. That's crazy. And I'm like, and he was like, yo, don't be like, I said, what the fuck did they say? He was like, yo, Jungle Bunny and Spirit. And he, so he explained, I guess, you know, that that was some racial bullshit. And I was like, oh. But yeah, that was some shit. So you had some good. Well, on his on his end, he was a good. Yeah, that was that way. was yeah. You see, that's yeah. the dichotomy. Mm. You see, this bad is good. I you know I'm not gonna necessarily. You can't put a blanket on everyone necessarily. Right, right. You got to judge the deeds of an individual. Right. Because there's black people that do fucked up shit. Very true. You know what I mean. Very true. I have a question. Tell us about your parents. Okay, um, my pops, you know, <laughs> we don't know. I guess a cool, you know, he's a cool, interesting character. Um, I don't know him and my mom's is almost like polar opposites. Like he was the type that would always be cursing, and you know what I mean, and and just real like like a street type of dude. And then my mom's is just real like straight laced. She's a Jehovah witness. She don't fucking curse. She don't drink or do nothing. You know what I mean? Like pops used to smoke weed and drink beer and shit like that. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, um, yeah. But they kind of was separated most of my life. So he didn't live with you guys? No. When did you get to see him? when When he would come around. So it was really, because, you know, we spoke to somebody about that last episode. So it was really situation. First of all, what's your what's the background? They from down south, Caribbean? No, they from they from New York. New York, so New York grandparents are from New York as well? Yeah, like, like my background is, on my father's side, is Guyanese, but that's like four generations back. Like, we've been here for a minute, like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. my great-great-grandfather came here and, like, 1914 or some crazy shit like that. And I did the the whole, the research and all that. Like I got the papers, I seen his signature on Ellis Island and all this type of shit, you know what I mean? Um, Yeah, but we didn't have no real Caribbean type of, you know, ain't nobody had no accents or nothing like that in my Mm -hmm. family. Like everybody seemed like regular American black, you know what I mean? So it was really situations where parent, would go and come whenever he want. See, I when I was a baby, we lived, they was living together or whatever. Oh. And then 
they split up, but they were still together. Like, what's so crazy is they're still married to this day. <laughs> they're still married to this day. Um, but yeah, they split up and, and, you know, he lived not too far away. We was in Nershell and he was in the Bronx or whatever. And, you know, so he would come as, you know, sometimes it was frequent, sometimes it was not so frequent. Um, yeah, but that was basically the dynamic coming up. So then it's, he had two more with her, with my mother, even though they wasn't living together. Mm. Two more children. Yes, two more boys. Two boys. So you, you, you're the I'm the oldest of three boys. So did you, did it bother you as you got older that your father wasn't around? Did you ever have that conversation with him mm -hmm. that he wasn't around? What was his response? Well, you know, of course there was that time when I was a teenager when it was like, I'm already running around on the street and you know what I mean? Coming in whenever the fuck I feel like it. And here come this guy thinking he gonna tell me, you know what I mean? And, and I'm doing shit that he don't even understand. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, we out here robbing grown-ass men's and shit like that. And, and you think you're going to now tell me? <laughs> like, nah, bro. Matter of fact, you know what I mean? We can't do that. Like, like um, so we had bump heads a little bit at that one point. But once I got older and I was about to have my seed and all that, you know what I mean? We had one of those real man-to-man -man talks and it was just like, you know, he had things he was going through and, you know. But is the excuse enough? Did it make you understand? Did he make you understand his reasoning? See, really I'm the type, there? I never, you know, some people have that real, oh, I hate my pops or not, you know, I was never really that type. Like, you know, I wish he could have been there for certain shit or whatever, but, you know, I feel like me and my brothers, like, no matter how long he be gone, when he come back, we be happy as a motherfucker. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? We always love the fuck out of our fucking father. Mm -hmm. So, I don't think it was that hard to forgive him or whatever, you know what I mean? For whatever reason of not being there, you know what I mean? And, and when you get older and you see the complications of relationships sometimes and, oh, damn, it can be kind of hard. Some, sometimes dealing with these women and, you know, there's two sides to every story and, you know, whatever. Understand that a little better. Yeah, it makes you understand a little better. Um, but what I will say, like, you know, again, they've been married this whole time and my mother a few years back had a stroke and yo my pops kicked into fucking high gear like taking care of her and like you could really see this man after all of these years like really loves this woman like you know what I mean but they just didn't have the kind of relationship where they was living together like that but yeah he, he's he helped he helped what like crazy like driving from jersey on a like daily basis type of shit and you know what i mean doing all taking care of all the fucking paperwork and all kind of shit that needed to be done like you know what i mean what did it do to your mom that your dad wasn't around so so much at the time what did that do to her and how did that affect you guys as children 
I think it made her um, like really get into that Jehovah Witness shit like deep. You know what I mean? Kind of bury herself in that. So now it's not, it's not, you're not just going to church on Sundays. You're going to book study on Wednesday and, you know, the other shit on Thursday and then field service on Saturday mornings and. Man, I couldn't wait to break away from that shit, boy. <laughs> and the first chance I did, I did. Um, yeah. The, so that's what I think it did. You know what I mean? Made her. And, and what did that do to us? Like, you know, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, it made us. Uh, Well, for me, it definitely made me more self-reliant, like, you know what I mean, on certain things. And see, my pops used to gas me up. Hold down the fort. You the, you the man of the house. Mm -hmm. Telling me this as a little kid, like, and I'm believing it. You know what I mean? And so I used to move like that, like, you know what I mean? Like the man of the house, like, it felt like <laughs> my word was the word, you know what I mean? So, for instance, when I got knowledge of self, right, <laughs> check some crazy shit out like this. If your little, if your fifteen-year-old did some shit like this, if you wild out. <laughs> so I guess knowledge of self, right? So it's no more swine. Y'all went into the house and threw out all the swine. <laughs> <laughs> In the refrigerator that I didn't pay for. Oh, moms are tight. <laughs> She's tight now. <laughs> it was shit in the, like we had a deep freezer and all that type of shit. I threw all that shit out. We ain't eating no more swine in this house, says the man of the house. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the gall. Yeah, that was some ballsy shit right there. What the moms do? I mean, we didn't eat no more swine in the house oh, she was after that. But, you know, it was kind of like, what the, you know. Mm. See, my mom didn't curse, but the energy was like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Like, so who helped what you, you doing that for? Who helped you realize, the, or who, like, uh, guided you for the knowledge of self? Who helped you realize these it type of things? It was gradual. Like, first it was a brother named Bar Kim. Um who was like, he was a five percenter, but he was kind of like in the Nation of Islam too. And, mm -hmm. you know, he took me to the mosque a couple of times. He gave me message to the black man, and how to eat to live and shit like that. But then later through hip hop and all that, I got with a brother named True King from Queens, Hollis, Queens. Um, and we, yeah, we hooked up on some hip-hop shit. He moved into my neighborhood, and, you know, I was a DJ, and he DJed and MC'd and was on some Jamaican chatting shit, and, you know, we would he'd come over on some hip-hop shit, but then he's trying to give me knowledge himself, but then a lot of shit that he was saying I kind of knew already from Bakim, and so... Put it together. Yeah, mm. we just kind of like... So before that, though, uh, you know, uh, as a... Teenager, were you ever? Did you ever go? You went to school? Did you graduate from school? We'll see. <laughs> what happened was, yeah, what happened was <laughs> in school, like, you know, I was kind of 
I was fucking up in school. You know what I mean? Like I ended up going to an alternative school and shit. Um, I used to cut school a lot. Like my 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 junior high school, my elementary and junior high school was right down the block from my crib. And I was obsessed with hip hop and bitches. <laughs> <laughs> so let's cut school. Go DJ and fuck bitches at the crib. Um, yeah, you know, that's a lot of what I was doing and shit. Um, so, you know, first it's like summer school and then it's like, all right, I barely passed and I get to ninth grade and it's like, oh, I got left back. Then <laughs> mm. I got left back again. But I was a smart motherfucker. That was what's so crazy. I just never went. So, got kicked out of that school, went to an alternative school in New Rochelle, some shit called Sister Helen's. Didn't really fuck with that. Went to another alternative school up in White Plains. Um, kind of dropped out of that. But then, something kind of snapped in my mind. Like, you know what? You got to get your shit together. What You know what I mean? Because I used to be doing a lot of crazy shit <laughs> like you know like just street shit like you know what I mean lightweight selling crack I was never no kingpin or no shit like that but you know enough to keep some fresh kicks and some rope chains and four finger rings and stay up in the Latin quarters every fucking weekend and shit like that Union Square and all of that type of shit you know I was one of those fucking dudes um but I wasn't moving no keys and I ain't you know, I ain't getting no car out of it or no shit like that. But, you know, I was doing little shit. We was little robberies, little stick up shit, you know what I mean? Um just little bullshit, like you know what I mean? And then like so like a bunch of niggas that I used to rock with, niggas got mad, uh sealed indictments. And and I was like surprised that I didn't get one. And I think the only thing that saved me is that I didn't live in the particular projects that I used to be in. Like, I didn't live in, I, I didn't grow up in the project. I grew up in apartments, but not in the projects. But I used to be in the projects. So anyway, I used to go home. At a certain point, some of these guys would stay Where longer they than they exactly. should in the fucking lobby. They want to stay all night for the extra money. And that got them indictments. But when I got out of that, I was like, whew. Nigga, you 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 just dodged a bullet. You Nigga, you need to leave this shit alone. You know why? Because you're gonna be you're gonna be a rapper. Mm. I I said I know this shit's gonna happen. So at like maybe eighteen or some shit like that, I start getting my first job. You know what I mean? Like regular job and shit. Okay. Minimum wage. That's what minimum wage was like three something an hour. You know what I mean? Mm. Imagine hustling and now working minimum wage for three dollars an hour. Dodge the bullet. Word, but putting up tents and shit like that. This was some tough ass work. All right, so, <laughs> so I did that for three days and quit. <laughs> <laughs> then I then I worked at um this spot called Herman Sporting Goods in White Plains, uh, mall. Mm -hmm. You know, but they're gonna fuck around and put me in a section where. 
they selling shotguns and shit like that. Oh my god! So now, a nigga like me, I'm I'm trying to figure out how I could steal one of these fucking <laughs> shotguns out of here. Plus, there's a bad fucking Jamaican broad with a fat old ass that work in the fucking reception area. So I'm trying to get at her, and you know, one day when the regional managers or some shit is there, I'm trying to go to lunch with the broad and. I'm trying to get off early, but we're supposed to be doing inventory. And they're like, you know what? Just go home. So that was maybe a two-week job right there. <laughs> then I worked at this other spot. Progress, progress. Three days, two weeks. Yeah, okay. three ways, two weeks. Come on. Progress, I'm, I'm getting yeah. there. I'm yeah. getting to the shit. <laughs> then I worked at some shit called uh, Lillian Vernon in Port Chester, right? Um, this was like some warehouse shit, loading trucks, but it's... This shit had people from all over Westchester work there. It was almost like going to high school or some shit. There was like politics going on, fucking, you know what I mean? People talking shit, all kind of shit. I almost had beef with a nigga there. Shit was crazy. But anyway, I lasted there for like a year, though. Oh. Okay? That's a, that's a big jump. I lasted there for a year. Yeah, wow. that was all right. Uh, and then, like, my final job was um, working at this spot called Instagram. Uh, the Stouffer's Hotel in White Plains. Now that job was pretty fucking cool. Like we had keys to damn near everything in the fucking spot. Mm. We in there fucking smoking weed in the in the in the basement and shit. We fucking walking around drinking Dom Perignon <laughs> in styrofoam cups and shit. Me and my man K Mel, cause uh, I was I was working with one of the guards from around my way. Um. Yeah, and then after that, nigga got a deal. Hmm. Can't just say the nigga got a deal. Yeah, yeah. Just, come on, man. I want to ask him anyway because you, you you know you grew up in. The, the, well, I was working towards it during yeah, the all the whole of that, time. But, yeah. yeah. So I want to ask you too. Uh, what was your introduction to hip hop like when you first started DJing? What did you see first to make you want to even start DJing and and, and rapping? Well, something? my introduction to hip hop was through a kid named Eddie Hall who lived in my buildings. Eddie Hull, you know, in the 70s, he had like like one of those perfect afros and shit. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And he was a little older than us. Fly Swedish knits, mock neck type of dude. You know what I mean? And like, so he was older than us. So he went to junior high school before, you know, we were still in elementary school. Right. And I remember he went to when he came back from junior high school, niggas had put him on to some hip hop shit. You know what I mean? So he's coming home like telling us about it, and then he's playing like King Tim the Third and shit like that, and and he and he's saying little raps and shit like that, and and so that was like kind of the the start of it. And then soon after that, like niggas start getting uh, like cold crush tapes and shit like that and mm. flash tapes and you know what I mean and then here comes like the Sugar Hill Gang shit and then when the when that shit came out it was like that was it forget it um well you run for the cool, cool hurt uh, did you go to any of his uh nah 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 uh, I was too young and too young, I was right? still lived in New Rochelle at that time so but I was getting those tapes mm. and see what's so crazy is listening to those tapes in my mind I didn't know where they was doing it out of nothing. I'm thinking these niggas is in like Madison Square Garden, my nigga. 
Wow. <laughs> <laughs> when I say ho, and I'm ho, I'm thinking Sounds they're imagining because yeah. when you would see records and shit like that, like a rock and roll record, you know, on the back, these niggas be at a big ass concert or some shit yeah. like that. So I'm thinking all musicians, it would be like that. I'm not knowing they in a rec center. <laughs> Of the motherfucking projects or some shit or or little ass T connection and you know the fever and shit like that. Like mm -hmm. I don't know what that looked like. The shit sounded big to me. So hip hop kind of grew into what I always thought it was. Mm. You understand? Like what I originally thought hip hop was is what it ended up growing into. Mm. But um So when you started DJing? Um like 12, 13, some shit like that. Wow. Yeah, and I was nice too, like tricks, all of that, you know, behind my back. You still got it? Backs, no. Yeah, I do. Right. Yeah. Stop it. <laughs> Bring out some turntables right now. Stop it. Bring out some turntables right Stop now. Stop it, bro. Some flattery is not. No, I don't bought mine today, man. I don't, I don't, listen. I don't, I don't, I don't bullshit. I don't, I don't blow smoke up. If I can't do something, good, 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 if I, if I felt like, nah, I can't do that shit no more. Because there's a lot of shit that I probably, you know what I mean? But DJing is something that you did not lose a touch to. Nah, absolutely not. I still got tables right now. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah, okay. I got the NS7s and shit. Okay. So, in the, while going through all these jobs, you were trying to pursue a, a, a hip-hop yes. deal. But tell us, you know, the journey. Okay, so the journey was... In my mind, I just, it's all about deciding in your mind first, okay? And then shit will happen. So the first, like, real famous person that I met who, like, took an interest in me was DJ Daryl C. from the Crash Crew. Rest in peace to DJ Daryl C. Now, the Crash Crew, um, you know, they, they was some hip hop pioneers. They had a few hits back in the days. Um, I don't know if you uh, familiar, are you familiar with the Crash Crew? I don't, I don't know the Crash Crew. We don't wanna be left behind. All we wanna do is just blow your mind. Just one more. -da 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 -da. And you say New York City, like there's a lot of little um, shit that okay. um, people might even sample from right, that. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, well anyway. Crash Crew had a few joints back then, and my man, um, my man Ja Will, somehow he had met this dude, Daryl C. And Ja Will was like my right hand man. Like he was one of my MCs, you know, because back in the days you'd have little crews and all of that type of shit. Right. And, you know, so my crew was KD in the Ever Loving Three, and I was KD. Okay, that was my DJ name at the time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. And we had routines and all that type of shit, uh-huh. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so he met this dude, Dalsey. So Dalsey's from Harlem, so now we going down to Harlem and shit like that. And he's bringing us to, like, some real underground hip-hop shit, this, this shit at the uh, YMCA on 135th. Now, this is, this is the breeding ground of, like, well, you know about this? This is a breeding ground of like Dougie Fresh and Facts. you know what I mean, Rob Bass and all these type of like Harlem 
you know what I mean? Legends type of shit, you know? And we in there seeing these niggas, you know, some before they even making records and shit like that. Wow. Um, but I'm already going to like all the hip hop shit. Like, like I was a hip hop nomad. Like I don't give a fuck where, what borough it was at. Like if some live hip hop shit was going on, I was there. I want in. Um, so I used to be at the Roxy's, the Fun House, fucking Broadway RT, fucking Inferno, fucking Roseland, motherfucking Union Square, fucking like. Roller Dome? Uh, huh? The Roller Dome? Roller Dome. I don't know what that I heard is. Heard something about that. that Bentley's, fucking, um, what was the shit in Queens? Encore. Encore. Fucking. Fucking sensations out in Jersey, fucking uh, Stardust Ballroom in the Bronx, like every fucking where, like the old rooftop and all, like SNS, every fucking where I was there. So, um, yeah, after Dal C or whatever, I think he started like, you know, honestly, he uh, he started to have a battle, you know, this the crack era, you know, so crack hit big. And he started to fuck around, like, and so we kind of lost contact and all that type of shit. But now, also, you know, I'm in the shell, and Grand Poobah, he got a group called Masters of Ceremonies, and they're like the heroes in the shell. And, you know, they had made a little record that it, it didn't get too big, a record called Crime or whatever, but it was a record from some niggas from Nurse Shell. Now again, he's a little older than me and and, and Sadat, um, so like niggas our age was l- already looking up to Poobah in Nurshell, like he was like a celebrity in the city already. Um, so now I'm starting to be known as a DJ and all that type of shit, and so one day. Cause he used to DJ too. He was gonna do a party, but one day one of his turntables fucked up, and some dudes from over there that knew me was like, "Yo, I know a nigga that DJ. He might, have, you know, might can let you use a turntable." So he calls me to get my number. He called me, and you know, Grand Poobah's calling me. To, Hell yeah, you could borrow my turntable, you know. Um, and so that's how we kind of met. And then, you know, at the time. I kind of was transitioning from DJing to MCing, you know, because the DJ was getting pushed to the back and me being a vain type of nigga, you know what I mean? And we, yeah, I want to be in the front, like, you know what I mean? So let's let's start rhyming and shit like that. So, you know, and I was getting knowledge of self and all this type of shit. So I'm mixing in the knowledge with the, you know, mm-hmm. with, the, with the MC shit, like at an early age, like, Basically, once I got knowledge, I kind of started doing that immediately. Um, so long story short, I'm 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 attacking like any fucking mic again. If niggas is rhyming in the park and all that, I want in. You know what right. I mean? I'm running up on niggas. Yo, let me get on the mic. Let me get on high school parties. Let me get on the mic. So I used to be at the Nurshaw High School parties, Mount Vernon. Other people that would be on the mic would be people like Heavy D, you know what I mean? Mm. You know, CL Smooth, we all came up together. Um, So, 
I remember being in uh, Lincoln Park in New Rochelle. There's a block party going on. I'm on the mic. And right at the perfect time that I'm on the mic, this nigga Poobah walks in with his man from the Master of Ceremonies, his cousin, Dr. Who. You know, and and I'm just getting on, and I see him. I see the nigga pointing at me like, yeah, that's the nigga I was telling you about. Blah 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 blah. I see him talking to his man. I could tell what he's saying. You know what I mean? Even though they're across the the park, <laughs> kind of, but I could tell what he's saying. Uh-huh. I know what the fuck he's saying. So I did my thing or whatever, and I got off, and he called me over. You know what I mean? He was like, yo, you know what I mean? Like, yo, I fucks with you. Like, yo, we should we should try to do some shit. We should try to work or whatever. You know what I mean? I'm like, bet, let's do it. You know what I mean? So now we trying to make demos and shit like that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But we got to go to some other nigga crib who got the equipment and this nigga's unreliable. Some days we get there and he said we were supposed to do it, but then he's not there and we waiting for this nigga and then we can't do it that day. And we got, you know, all this dumb shit. But but I'm going through it because I'm going to do what the fuck I got to do. Like, you know. Sometimes you got to be a sucker for your dreams. I don't know who said that, but like that's that's some real shit sometimes. You, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Because cause I was the type of nigga that anybody else, I would have been like, yo, stop fucking jerking me around type of shit. Like I'm coming, you know, I might have wild out on you. You know what I mean? But right. nah, let me just shut up because I ain't got money to pay for the studio time. That, I mean, they are. Hooking me up, so plus you with Grand Puba, so you 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 know you kind of feel yeah, like... and they jerking him around too in a way, you know what I mean? Right. So it's not just me, um, but by going there, I'm kind of learning how to produce and shit. I'm learning how to make beats, and Puba's teaching me how to sample, how to listen to a record, and find that place of you know what I mean, where to put it, and how to oh okay, I see, you know, mm. um. But still, I'm still kind of doing my... I stop, but you still have little residual shit going on. You see what I'm saying? So I still have my little chains, and and I was a fresh little nigga. So, so now when they doing the master ceremony shit, and, like, they starting to do shows, and, and like, the shit, they got a couple of hits and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes, you know, he, he want to be fresh. Yo. Let me rock that leather, you know? Let me rock one of those leathers. Absolutely. Let me rock that chain. Facts. You got it. You know what I mean? And now he's bringing me to shows and shit. I'm, you know, 17. I'm, we going to shows here. You know what I mean? I met all kind of niggas with him. I met Boy George, the nigga Boy George and all that, hanging out with niggas like him. Fucking, he took me to Boston one time. You know what I mean? Fucking... I'm like, wow, I'm, and I'm seeing real hip-hop shit, so I'm just happy to be there. Like, if you look at, I'm in the uh, the, the video, Sexy, like, I'm in his video, all of that type of shit. Um, I was his little, you know, I was his little man, his little right. cool little man. So, whatever, his group broke up, the Master Ceremonies broke up, you know, because a few couple years passed or whatever. Let's say I started fucking with him around 17, by the time you know we actually signed with with our brand newbie and shit, I'm like 21 now. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So this is a series of years of dealing with him, and during that time he started fucking with X too, and I already knew X because we was around the same age, and 
again, we had been in ciphers together already. And so I knew that he was nice. And I was like, yo, once they broke up, I said, man, we should fucking put this shit together. Me, you, that nigga X, and make a group. Where X from again? Near Rochelle. Near Rochelle, okay. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. he was born in the Bronx too, like me. Gotcha. Um, yeah. And then Kubai was like, I bet. And then we went from that to, 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 to shopping a deal with no music. Really? <laughs> <laughs> with no music, no name, nothing. Oh wow. But Poobah had people, you know what I mean? From the from the cracked out and the sexy shit and the master ceremonies, he had people that was opening the doors. Right. You know what I mean? Willing to hear him out. Hmm. Interesting. So we went to fucking Tommy Boy. Snigga Dog. No single. Huh? No single. We don't have nothing, bro. We just a, a dollar and a dream. So we go down there, fucking wow. Tommy Boy, this nigga Dante Ross is there, fucking. He's like, oh, I love you, Pooba. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm sure you know this new group you got is great, but I'm gonna need to hear something. You know what I mean? So just you know, bring him. You know, make some shit and just come back. And so we like, all right. So now this is where we start fucking with Jazzy J. Like we already was going up to Jazzy J studio, fucking with Poobah, cause he been was fucking with him. But now we're going up there with the express intent of like trying to get studio time to do our shit, even though we didn't necessarily have studio time money. You know, so we just mm. kind of had to hang out in the studio, wait till everybody else's sessions is done. And if Jay feel like letting us do some shit at the end of the night, then we'll, we'll do that. Wow. Then we could do that. So it was about two weeks of that before we finally was able to put together one song, you know, because we had to even play records up there. We didn't have nowhere to do no pre-production or nothing. Mm. So some studio sessions was just to play records and just try to find samples. <laughs> we did that. That's crazy, yo. Made the one song, brought it back. One song, brought it back. Shit was hard, he loved it. Um, he was like, yo, this is dope. Now all y'all need is a name. What's the name of the group? We look <laughs> at each other. Uh, all right, we'll be back. So now we go back to Jazzy J's studio. Wow. We have a naming session. Mm -hmm. Where we come up, you know, we coming up with different names and shit like that. At the time, I had been reading a lot of Doctor York shit like that. I'm I'm five percent, but I was reading some Doctor York shit, and he used to talk about Nubian a lot in there. You know what I mean? And at the time, that was almost like a new word for black people. You know what right. I mean? Like, and and a lot of times, black people. You know, they don't like to hear the word African. It has a negative. So I was like, yeah, Nubian will be some fly shit to like introduce to the, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. To the lexicon and, and yeah, we're gonna call ourselves Nubians, you know? And and then so we knew we kind of wanted to do something with the Nubian and then the brand new, brand Nubian, and you know? That's where that kind of came in. And what so was the we, first song you ever recorded? It was called I Ain't Going Out Like That. You probably could find it online right now. Mm -hmm. um, 
Yeah, it's called I Ain't Going Out Like That. Were y'all the first uh, artists that get signed without having a name and no 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 uh, no product, no music? Because this, this is my first time hearing a story like this. Usually I hear like you come back know. with a, with a, with a, with a uh, demo tape or I hear you put people. Well, we wasn't signed now at this time. Okay. We're, we're shopping gotcha. with no name and no music. Gotcha. Oh, yeah, we didn't get signed without the. We got, of course, we had. So that we had to do that to get signed. But see now, remember I said we went to Tommy Boy. But so now, once we do all that, he says, "Listen, I just got a job at this major label called Electra. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And yo, I'd like to sign y'all over there. Like, I mean, I can sign y'all over here. You know, and at the time, De La Soul and all of them was over there, like." Tommy Boy was popping. He was like, but, you know, y'all will be more of a priority over here, and this is a bigger label, and da-da-da-da-da. He was like, fuck it. You know what I mean? Let's go over there. Hmm. And so that's what happened. One Leg Up Records? Huh? Well, no. See, that One Leg Up Records, that's later on somebody... Like we, we 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 did one of those shady deals where we took some unreleased shit that we never put out before, and like let some motherfuckers put some shit out or whatever. Like so that might be on that. Yeah, I know. found the record. That's what yeah. I'm saying. I ain't going out like that. James Brown. Mm-hmm. But then we didn't use it because Kumo D had used that beat for some, I go to work. But his shit was corny, that shit. Listen to that. Like, I'm not gonna lie, and I love Kumo D, but that I go to work was a corny version of that beat right there. Don't do that, man. Nah, Kumo D's my man, don't get me wrong. I know he is, but yeah. They gonna say you hating again, man, be careful. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. It's not a black or white thing. If I feel like something's corny, it's just corny. So I feel like that our shit was harder. All right, that's all I'm gonna say. Our shit was harder. I hear you. So So, we we ended up not using it. When did Alamo come into play? Alamo was always a uh, a friend of Sadat's. They grew up together, like. Mm-hmm. Their fathers grew up together. You know what I mean. So they known each other from the from the from the crib. Right. And um, Alamo was just kind of that guy that was just he was always around. He was a funny guy, and you know, like technically, I was the DJ. Mm-hmm. Like on the records, I'm really scratching on most of the brand newian records. That's something mm-hmm. that's really not known. But I'm doing most of the scratching. I was gonna ask like, which what role did everyone play in in that part of uh, Brand Nubian? But yeah, so you were the DJ, you were the scratching on the records. Most of them. Most of them. Not all of them, but most of them. Um, and and but but that, but when it came to showtime, you know, we was gonna need somebody. I can't do both, like you know what I mean. So we need right. somebody back there. And Alamo was just around a lot, you know what I mean. He kind of <clears> just like almost got it by default like you know what I mean <laughs> like he had a ride at the time and all that so he okay. was convenient to drive niggas to the studio and you know what I mean and he just was a cool funny nigga to have around like you know what I mean and it was like fuck it why not like you know what I mean now the DJ and me though kind of didn't like that because I wanted to have a real like 
you know, coming from my type of background, I come from where the DJ can like do shit with the MCs and routines mm -hmm. and all of that. But, you know, we started to get into that era of the dat machine and all that type of shit where some people wasn't even fucking with vinyl because it was so unreliable right. that it was like, ah, fuck it, fuck it. We just press play and anybody could do that. So mm -hmm. yeah, Alamo, you know what I mean? But you know, Alamo got a, had a, a good ear for like records and shit too. You know what I mean? Right. Um, yeah, and I think we all got got that too. So you got a group. Mm hmm. Um, you got the he took you over, and because he would have signed you to Tommy, but. Yeah, but we went to Electra. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Now, came with the name, yeah, went back. We came with the name. We yeah, went, yeah, went to Electra. He, so he signed you automatically off of that record that you didn't put out. Or you had to record another record. Well, yeah, well, what happened? We got signed to a single deal. Mm. Okay, that was the deal back then. You get signed to a single deal, and if the single goes well, then, then you can talk. get you an album. Right. You know, so it's all these incremental steps. So well, we well, did well. that. We came with the name <laughs> Brand Nubian, and that got us a single deal. So now we we record a single. It's called Brand Nubian with a backside called Feel So Good. Um. Now, for some reason, we kept being cursed with using a beat, and now somebody else got the same fucking beat. So first it happens with the ain't going out like that, right? Kumo D. Kumo D got the beat. <laughs> so then, right, so then we do brand Nubian, right? Here comes Heavy D with That's the my, same fucking beat. It's my cousin, be mindful. Listen, rest in peace, Heavy D. Rest in peace. Like I told rest. you, we came up with Hev, like, like, New Rochelle and Mount Vernon is like right damn there, near yeah. right next to each but other. Still okay. Still, still took your beat. Um, I don't know if he's, I'm not going to say he stole the beat. I'm just saying he had the same beat. And keep in mind, he's super popping at this time. So to try to go against his beat mm. is like, oh. but they kind of was playing our shit on the radio a little bit in the mix things. So now, so now we got the flip side. Feel so good. So now there's some other fucking unknown oh fucker. I don't forget who these <laughs> niggas are, right? No. I don't even know who these niggas are, but these niggas had the same fucking beat. And they put it out before our shit came out. I said, oh, I can't believe this shit. What the fuck is going on? Hmm. But again, their shit, I knew that they <laughs> shit wasn't as good as ours, right? Right. So one day, right, I'm listening to the radio, you know, because we got records. We know that they're out there and there's a possibility it could come on the radio. And I'm listening. So one day they play that, that you know, the fake feels so good, I'll call it right now. And, um, and all of a sudden, I hear our shit come in right after that they're mixing the two together and now here comes our shit you could tell it's different because it got the feel so good and i'm like oh shit yo and from the from that day forward 
they never played them niggas shit again. <laughs> <laughs> they started playing our shit fucking every fucking day. And Feel So Good ended up being the one that we ended up shooting a video to that shit. And that's the one that like, all right, we're going to give y'all niggas the album. You know mm. what I mean? And then I don't know if those experiences made us dig so hard when we went to the album so that we wouldn't have that trouble again. <laughs> but we didn't have that trouble after that. But the first three fucking records we did, niggas had those beats. And it was just like, what? Are we cursed? Like, what the fuck? Hmm. Yeah. Then after that, you guys make One For All, the album. Yeah. And and, and people online saying, you know, you, you can, of course you're going to agree with this, but they're saying that this could be one of the um, best hip-hop, hip-hop albums ever. It's a hip-hop classic. I... Me as a hip hop fan, I believe the greatest hip hop album ever made was It Takes a Nation of Millions to Hold Us Back by Public Enemy. That's my personal opinion, Mm. okay? But I know that that album was a classic album and should be in there with the top, some of the top classics, but I'm not gonna say it's the greatest of all time. But at the time, it was a five mic album with, with, in the source and at that at that time getting five mics was not easy like it wasn't something that you could buy and it was like right it was at the time when the source had real hip-hop credibility and like they knew what they were talking about at that time i remember you understand? i remember yeah everybody didn't get five mics there you go i wish i could remember the other name of the other song mm. that we knocked out the box that niggas is ill, son. <laughs> ugly ill niggas, man. Grand Poobah. That's a, yeah. That's a hell of a right Yo. <laughs> so, all right. So, now we had Electra. You want some water? Yeah, can I? Sure. Yeah. Jesus, thank you. So, we had Electra. Mm-hmm. Deal. I'm going. They ain't played the other record. Let's start to pick it up. When, when when things started to move and shake? When the album came out, but not like right away. Like, like, see, we're in a time where now you put some shit out and it just Come instantly, out, yeah, move, like, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? It kind of, it kind of um, needed to bubble a little bit. But I'm going to tell you, our shit bubbled in the industry first, I feel like. Like, a few people in the industry had advanced copies of the album. And so you had people who was the shit at the time, you know, De La, Jungle Brothers, Tribe Called Quest, fucking ranting and raving about Brand Nubian before we're even out-out. You understand what I'm saying? That shit kind of helped us in the industry. Thank you. Then... We Why also, were they ranting and raving? What do you mean ranting and raving? You give us. They was like, yo, this brand newbie and shit is fucking crazy, yo. You gotta right. hear this shit. Right. Oh my God, yo, y'all niggas shit is retarded. Like, just hmm. the, you know, because we used to all be recording in the same studio. So we'd be like getting some of each other's DNA in a way because, you know, niggas come for a session and like, 
but these niggas ain't done yet. And so you're kind of sitting in on niggas' sessions sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, and vice versa, like, you know what I mean? And, you know, we wasn't like, oh, get these niggas out of here, right? You know, my time, I got to go right now. Like, you know, it was cool. Like, niggas was, was kind of... Family. Yeah. yeah. So even though we wasn't on the same label or nothing, but it was just a new era of MCs and all that, I think. And so, yeah, so these guys was just real, like, fans of our, of our music before it was out, wow. you know? And I just remember people in the industry talking about it, like executives and like just different people in the industry was talking about it. Then on the street level, you know, in Nourishelle, you know, we had leaked our shit before it came out to like some of our friends and shit like that. And of course they're gonna, you know, you tell niggas don't give niggas a tape, but niggas anything. give niggas a tape anyway. <laughs> so then the whole Nourishelle ended up having a tape. So by the time we do our first showcase, for like, what was it the new music seminar? I forget what it was. College Music Journal. They used to have all these seminars and shit back in the day. And I remember we had a there was a showcase at Urban Plaza, and nobody knew who he was, but we showed up literally with like a hundred niggas, mm. like literal hunted, okay? And all these niggas knew our fucking shit. You know what I mean? And when we got on stage, all of these niggas is at the front of the fucking stage. You know? Hmm. Like, niggas was playing their position, too. Like, not how niggas get on stage now and crowd you out and you can't even see. No, these niggas was in the crowd supporting like they supposed to. You know what front I mean? Row. Huh? Front row. Front row. And so... You know, we did quite a few songs that night. Bangers, you know, one for all, slow down, drop the bomb, fucking, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, step to the rear, all kind of shit. And they knowing this shit. And I'm seeing how, like, the crowd is, like, looking like, how come I don't know this shit? Like, how do mm -hmm. they know this shit? And yeah, this shit is hard, but how come I, like, they, I seen some people almost felt, like, bad almost. Like, it felt like, like they had to catch up with some shit in that moment. And I feel like shit turned. Like from that show on, shit was just. Turned? Yeah, shit just got kind of crazy. Like, and so, some niggas started knowing. Yeah, moving and shaking. The album yeah. is out. Yeah, now we out. Now we out here. Niggas know who we are. They fucking with us. We going across the country now. Any crew. That you didn't get along with back in the days? Not Any really. hip hop crew, rap crew, none? Nope. Not that I could think of. Wait, hang on. Let me think. Well, these questions, somebody told me. These, <laughs> we asked the fans what they want to ask you, and they said some questions that sound crazy. Now, I can't think of no rap crews that we ever really had beef with. This is ridiculous. What? Go ahead. No, I'm just trying to... Oh. <laughs> I saw once that somebody asked him about... A, they says he remember a lady named Jametta. Uh, Jametta? Why does that sound familiar? It's familiar. I don't know. Remember Jametta? I said... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That sounds familiar. 
What about Jimetta? I don't know. That's <laughs> all. I want to know. That's what I was hoping you said. Jimetta. I was hoping that, but you know. Anyway, so album out. Yeah, popping and moving. Mm-hmm. On the road. Mm-hmm. You go because you're going on the road now, right? You maybe mm-hmm. go to the road. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the peak of what y'all was doing? Like at that time when the first album came out. The peak. Yeah, the peak. Like at that time, like, what was the illest? You know, talking about the 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 illest shit that you did when the first album came out. I don't know, man. We did a lot of ill shit, bro. See, look at that cocky bullshit. Man. I'm just saying, I, <laughs> bro. I I can't lie to you, man. Like 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 because I've 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 done you know I've rocked with 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 people that I looked up to. Things that you think is the pinnacle, like like just being on stage with Run DMC and shit like that, is like that was like a dream to me, you know. But then it's like, shit, we was on Soul Train. That was like a fucking dream. Like, oh shit, niggas on Soul Train, or um, I don't know. Like like like. Don't worry, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, I've been, you know, we've been on stage in front of like 25,000 people before. Like, like, I can't say what's the pinnacle. And there, and, 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 but was there any crew that you guys got along with? Like, you got along with every crew? Mad crews. But people that really I was close with, that like when they come to New York. See, I was, I used to fuck with hip hop outside of New York before New York niggas was doing that. Before it was cool. Before it was cool. So niggas, and you could ask them to this day, and there's all kind of cosigns to this, um, Cypress Hills. Mm. Be Real was my motherfucking man. Mm. When them dudes came to New whenever they come to New York, one of the first motherfuckers they calling is me. Mm. Okay? And they come, they come up to Nourishell and all that. We had the equipment in Sadat's fucking... A basement and all that type of shit at his house, and them niggas would come to the basement and all type of shit, or we go to their fucking hotel and all of that type of shit. Um, Where they from again? West Coast, right? Yeah, they from L.A. Mm. You know what I mean? And they was on some Mexican hip hop type of shit, but they shit was so fucking hard, and, right. and the samples and that was hip hop, yeah, and I was fucking on. with it. Um, another uh, another crew that I was real close with um, was UGK. Rest in peace to my man, Pimp C. Mm. Pimp, me and Pimp C, like, that was my man. Like, me and Bun is close right now from from me and Pimp C's relationship, you understand? Because just me and Pimp C just hit it off. Like, like we was on the same, um, on that Menace to Society soundtrack. Mm -hmm. We both had records on there. And I loved his record, and they loved our, you know, they loved Brand Nubian, and fucking, we had did a show, I think we met in St. Louis the first time, doing some shows together, and, yo, ever since then, we just clicked, and niggas, niggas in New York never heard of fucking UGK, and now, by this time, I live in Brooklyn, on 560 State Street. Same fucking building. Me and Jay-Z lived in the same building at this time. Jay-Z probably didn't even know who UGK was at this moment. Maybe he did, but I doubt it. 
And then later on, they end up doing a record together. You remember seeing him back in the days? Oh, yeah. We used to see each other all the time. Jay-Z fucking pulled me in his car, played the whole fucking Reasonable Doubt album for me. Wow. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I seen that whole Rockefeller shit start from the ground up. Like, when you first pressed up the first um, In My Lifetime mm. was the first fucking single that he pressed up. And wow. when they had a different Rockefeller logo, okay? Wow. Like, I might even still have that record some fucking way in the crib. And he was like, yo, you know, he gave me the record and see me in the hallway and shit. Like, Cam talk about it in some of his shit. Um, about how he used to see me in the hallway when he go visit Dame Dash and, you know, at Jay-Z's crib on, on 560 State Street. But I was actually in there first. And then he, he moved in there. But once he came in, he immediately started putting out his little independent joints. And you know what I mean? He was like, yo, we getting ready to go to St. Thomas or some shit, shoot the video, all of that, make it look real good. My man got a crib out there. I think he was talking about Biggs. At the, you know what I mean? And Biggs had the crib out there. Um, and then, yeah, I remember what one day. Big Pimpin'? Nah, I'm talking about In My Lifetime. In My Lifetime. Yeah, about, In yeah. My Lifetime video. They, I would, they had... That was like a low budget version of Big Pimpin', hey, you know what Big I mean? Because they had they had boats and all of that type of shit yeah. in the in the in the. I knew something. I knew something. Yeah, yeah. Look that up. Um, yeah, but I remember when he played me the whole the whole album. I'm like, yo, this shit's strong. But when he played that shit with him and Foxy, I was like, yo, bruh, mm. this one right here. Oh, you out of here with this one? <laughs> he was like, yeah, man, I can't, you know. I think so. Like, you know what I mean? And sure enough. Twing! Wow. Nigga was out of here. Feeling it? No, that's not the song I'm talking no, about. No, I'm looking, I, know, I know what you're oh. talking about. In my lifetime. In my lifetime, I, I need a whole lot of cash. See, niggas don't even know that one, bro. <laughs> Who don't know that one? A lot of people don't know that one. I'm not saying you don't know it. <laughs> I'm saying a lot of people don't know it. Stop playing with me. I'm just... <laughs> Something just popped up on me. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Look, it just popped up. See? See, it just popped up on my shit. That's why I, when I type. So, now, let me ask you a question real quick because, you know, we moved forward a little bit. You know, you became... Oh, uh, Spice One is another one. Spice One from um, the Bay. Let's just slow down. I don't know rush. Don't rush. Don't rush. <laughs> You became conscious. You said that you met a Bar Kim, mm -hmm. and then and then True King, True King mm -hmm. in Queens. Mm -hmm. Well, he was from Queens, from Queens, but he moved to your area. You mm -hmm. said that in earlier. Mm -hmm. And then um, when you started, like, and I, this is an important question for me: Did the things change as far as like you know racism and stuff like that when you were? you older now mm -hmm. you know did things change a little bit do you see a difference with the times that that passed along and and you know because now you're older you got a deal have you still while you was getting the deal or working with these guys did you still come across anything pertaining to racism were you really in it because you know were you in it because now you get a deal from the white man mm -hmm. and were you in it a hundred percent as far as like you know like i'm completely 
aware of self or were you still in the transition and still seeing bullshit before you made the complete transformation to, you know, to being God, you saying? Yeah, no, not God. No, you ain't God, but oh, I'm God. Uh, you God too. Uh, we all, we all. Yeah, God. thank you. I, I, I know what you mean now. Um, please, I'm not gonna go back and forth as far as far, but I can't. I, I, you will, Muhammad Ali, me and Mike. <laughs> me, but I'm just saying, like, when you when you got the deal, when you got the deal, were you still witnessing the stuff that you witnessed as a child, or times had changed, or you witnessed it on Bro, a different scale? I, I mean, yeah. Of course, like like we live in America, bro. Like like like, shortly after we came out, we saw the L.A. riots. The fuck are we talking about? Did we yeah. still see racism? Like like, unless my eyes was closed. Did you like, see it, man? I mean, yes, like, I seen it. Man. Like like, yes. You dealt with it firsthand as a kid because they called you Jungle Monkey, <laughs> Jungle Bunny. What same shit. <laughs> So you dealt with that firsthand. I'm talking about like when you in the industry, because you know a lot of people, when you hear about the industry, you get deals. You hear about a lot of funny shit, man. People <coughs> see a lot of funny things. So I want to know, like, did you see or? Racism in the industry, I would say, is, you know, you'd see how certain white records would get pushed more than the black records. Got it. You see what I'm saying? How the MTV artists, the rock and roll artists were getting treated with a certain, you know, in a certain way, and then the hip-hop artists would get treated a different way at MTV and all of that. You know, if you remember back in the days, they didn't really even want to play hip-hop over there. Well, he's not as old as you, so we may not remember that, but... Okay, well, I'm, I'm refreshing your memory, the type of racism uh, that go would go on. Even within the label that we were on, you could tell that, you know, there definitely was a hierarchy at that label, you know, Based on race. I mean, these motherfuckers who own it are from, like, Germany or some shit like that. You know what I mean? BMG, the BMG Music, Bertelman Music Group, and all that's some fucking German company type of shit. Like, let's not get it twisted. Who the fuck you think they really are going to put their shit behind? And so that's some racist shit in itself. You understand what I'm saying? Some preferential shit in itself. Um, we're always going to experience racism in different degrees. There's different degrees of it. You know, is any is somebody coming in my face calling me a jungle bunny? No, because I know what that means now, and I'm not going to allow that. Um, you know, but they're going to try certain to slip certain shit past me. You see what I'm saying? Some racist shit, and if I don't say nothing, you know, then that'll just be the the narrative, you see. So so that's a lot of things. What again? When people think I'm hating, it's just me trying to not let the narrative be fucked with. So so what's next? Like so now y'all shaking and moving. Mm -hmm. Album come out, you know, nineteen ninety. Mm-hmm. It's called All for One, All for all, One for All. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Then you guys put out a second album, ninety mm three. -hmm. No, ninety two. Well, it says ninety three in the research book. Pretty sure it was ninety two. Give me a second. In God we trust in ninety three, but let me see. Yeah. Uh, I don't think. Because then Grand Poober left the group in ninety one. 
Yeah, it could have been. It could have been the end of ninety. I don't know. It was so. Hold on, it was hold on, fast. Like, what, 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 yeah, yeah. What's up with him, bro? We got to holler. Why you leave a group like that? I'm gonna check about that. <laughs> hold him on the phone. What's wrong with him? Just leaving the group like that? Why he did that? You know, there's a lot of things. Oh, man. now, oh, oh, whoa, don't be modest when it comes to Listen, again. Oh, you go in the corner again. You want to put me on the rehab dashery? You put him in the corner, man. See what you did? Did, you I, put, that, did I put baby did in the corner? Those... <laughs> uh, I put baby in the corner? <laughs> Come on, man. Stop Listen. He left mad quick, bro. We yeah, he check. left mad quick, man. Why? You know what happens, B. Like, like. He felt like he was a. People get it, you know, people could get in your ear. There's a lot of there's a lot of things, you know. What do you think it was? It was a combination of things. It was people, oh now you the man, like you know what I mean? Cause he had a lot of solo joints on that first album and shit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he was the fucking star of the like he was the lead. He was almost like the lead singer or some shit you could right. look at him as. Um Sadat so so, too though, right? So Sadat so was on a lot of lot of joints too. He play, he play the... no, we always on a lot of joints, like, but but Poobah specifically had a, a bunch of solo joints mm. on that first album, like. But if on the group joints, we always on the group joints. Right. Um, they say he left the group at the at the disputes. What disputes, man? It had to be with you. Of course. Oh, you know why? Say it ain't so. Say it ain't. You so. You know why? Because. When and you I, got I, when you got alphas in the room, like like right now, you a alpha type nigga. Me and you me. done butted heads a couple times don't during this me. interview right now. Because <laughs> that's what alphas do, bro. I that's did, what happens. This is a classic, but at the same time, you 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 being biased. Cause you mm -hmm. not, you want to talk about everybody else, everybody else shit, but when it comes to you now, oh, unless it's something personal, like yo, it's too personal. Some girls was involved. I took the nigga girl. No, this shit. is personal. Like I mean, that is personal. The shit with me and Pooba. I mean, it is personal. Oh, that's, so my, per that's my dude. No, but I'm saying, is it personal where you don't want to share it? You know, some things is personal. Well. Because I say you coming off like you don't want to, like, I don't want to really get into Because <laughs> you might say something. <laughs> First of all, I see you filtering yourself, and I kind of respect it. Because, I, yeah, I don't really. Like, respect, we're in okay. a good space. Like, you see what I'm saying? And sometimes that. when you rehash this shit you can accidentally like pick off scabs that don't need to be picked at like you see that. what i'm okay. saying like here's the thing brothers and me being the oh, the oldest of three boys know this firsthand like i love my brother that's right under me but we used to fucking fight every day i used to have to whoop his ass every fucking day but are, is anybody else gonna whoop his ass no no Absolutely not. not. I'm going to fucking go crazy. Like, like, and that's what it was. Like, and that's what used to happen. So you can have fights with your brother and shit like that. You see what I'm saying? And y'all can have disputes and, you know, sometimes shit will happen and then y'all come back together. But, you know, he's definitely my brother, but we just both have, like, alpha tendencies. And at that time when we was younger, it was like, you know, because there was no incident or none of that. So do you remember the day he left the group or he said he was leaving? Do you there was no specific day. It was it was gradual things that would happen got it, got over it. time. Do you remember? But how did you know he left the group? Did he tell you face like, I'm leaving? Or you no, he just probably just didn't show up for some shit. But he was f already famous for not showing up for shit. Like, At the time. And being late for stuff and, you know. Nigga shit. Got it. <laughs>
He ain't gonna co sign it because he in a good space. All right. <laughs> and like he wanna even let the cannon on me like nah, flip. Like I'm trying I try I try to put him in the box. Mm -hmm. And he, he keeps slipping out. <laughs> <laughs> so so no, no, because alright, so you left the group and then when he left the group, what did that do for you? What did that do to you guys, the remainder? Um for me, it made me it made me resilient. Mm. It made me say, "Oh, we're gonna prove that first of all that we could do this, you know, without him. Like one person don't stop the show. Um, we here now, nigga. Like, don't get scared. Right. You know what I mean? Let's do what the fuck we gotta do. We we we've learned enough, you know. I think we know enough formulas of of how to make hit records, and and we know good samples and mm -hmm. all that type of shit. And and now you know, and me." You know, I had soaked up so much shit in the studio. I, I spent that whole, pardon me, I spent that whole first album just standing over niggas' shoulders, just, you know, looking and, and, and figuring out. So what's that knob do? What's this do? What's that patch bay? What, what, you know, how's that work? Because, you know, being a DJ, I know how to hook up equipment, and, I, you know, I'm interested into that type of shit. So... When the second joint came around, I think some people thought they was going to take advantage. Like, oh, Poobah's not here. Let me go in and, like, produce these niggas shit and get pieced off from the record company and all that type of shit. Charge these niggas crazy. You know what I mean? And I was like, because we had a nigga, I'm not going to, I don't even want to say, but mm -hmm. a dude that was cool with us and he charged what I thought was an outrageous amount for a beat that he was trying, that I wasn't even super in love with. And I was like, man, for that amount, nigga, we could buy our own fucking equipment, do this whole fucking um, shit ourselves. You know what I mean? How much you charge y'all? Like four grand. At that time, four grand was a lot for a track. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. like. Because we're in this age where some niggas be getting 50 grand or 20 grand, 10 grand. But four grand was a lot for a track to me at that time. Understood. Um, so I was like, yo, fuck that. Let's get some equipment. Nigga, you know, because X grew up in a house and all that type of shit. Yeah, man, we'll put that shit in your fucking basement. <laughs> your pops got mad records down there. You know what I mean? And, and that's going to be the fucking, that's going to be the lab. Bet. Let's do it. You know what I mean? So we spent five, six grand out of the budget or whatever to get some fucking equipment that we didn't fully know how to work, but <laughs> nigga, open the manual and let's go. Had the you know what I mean? Huh? Yeah, the MPC back then or no, uh, not yet? Yes. No. Yeah, the MPC. Mm -hmm. The first one, the 60. And then uh, the 62, and I was an MPC guy for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, I still have a twenty five hundred, but recently I, I use the machine now. Machine is fire too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. But yeah, so I just basically taught myself how to produce, and I produced that whole um, "In God We Trust" album. Wow. I'll say we produced it. I was actually pressing the beats, but X came with a lot of the records and shit like that. Like. Right. You know what I mean? Like he got a good ear for records and shit like that, but he's not really Tech savvy. That's just not his thing. Right, like, right. Yeah. I wanna like, ask you too, like where'd you get your musical style from? Like, you know, you, you guys have a real unique sound. 
You know, like what 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 did that come from? Is, is your parents playing the records in the house or like the radio or you know like? I think it's the times we grew up in and a combination of yeah, our parents, what our parents listened to. Mm. You know, fact. Um, my mom's though was like she's a very interesting woman because, you know. We had mad, like, James Brown 45s at my crib, but then my mother also loved country music. What? <laughs> so Fire. she'd be listening to, like, Willie Nelson and Waylon Jennings and shit like wow. that, and it was weird, but, you know, but then she'd love contemporary music. So, you know, I had, I had like, Fleetwood Mac records in my crib mm. right alongside, you know, Michael Jackson and all this other shit. Like, you know. <sighs> so that yeah. played a part with your, with your production? Huh? That played a part with your production? You you growing up with all those different kind of sounds and musical yeah. towns around? But there, I, I think being a DJ definitely played a part in the production. I feel like some of the best producers are DJs. I agree. Um, because especially if you, you're a DJ that's good at blending, if you can blend well, then you can you can kind of hear, all right, these drums should go with it. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you could put things together. Like, you know what I mean? And that's basically what But without Grand Poobie, I was still moving and shaking. Yes. Oh, we put out Punk Jump Up, and that was like a super fucking smash. Mm. And You know what I mean? Yeah, we, we, we were vindicated. Some people went, went as far as to say that our album was better than his album at the time. That record, though, real quick, sorry to cut you off. Pump Jump Up to Get Beat Down. Yes. How'd y'all feel when I got aired on Martin? That that was that was the first oh, time. come on. We was hyped as fuck. Like, that was crazy. Yeah, that was crazy. Cause that, that time was the first time that uh, any hip-hop song got played nationally. Was it? But that's that's what, I, that's what I heard, yeah. I didn't know that. Of course you wouldn't. <laughs> Are you sure about that? I feel like New York Undercover was playing hip-hop records well, they, they played y'all full song out. Not the full song. No, they didn't play, play the, the full, full song? song. Mm, it was edited. Mm. He, But he did a little... They played a nice piece of it, though, when he okay. did the little training session. Right, right, right. That type of shit, yeah. But if... I didn't... I didn't... I never heard no shit like that, that that was the first time. Okay. Yeah. But if it was, okay. A lot of y'all left... <laughs> you and... Uh, Grand Puma left... In 91, uh, Sada left in 95, and you left in 95. The other side to break up. No, well, I'm not. Me and Sadat never left in 95. I think Sadat did a solo album in 95, mm. but he didn't necessarily leave. He just did a solo album. And I was fucking with Dead Prez at that time. But I they say Dead Prez. Who is this saying this? <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you what really happened. Like, who is this? Words. I don't believe your words. <laughs> yeah, so y'all didn't leave. So you and him. So what happened in nine five though? That they say in this what I'm reading. Nothing happened in nine five. I think Sadat put out a solo album. He put out his Wild Cowboy shit. If I'm not mistaken, was that in ninety five? Mm. Let me see. Let me do my double extensive. So y'all didn't break up uh, again. Well, Pooba left first, and then when, when you guys left, you guys didn't break up at any point. You guys just kind of me and Sadat never broke up. Oh, got it. We just didn't. 
maybe we didn't have nothing. Like, after everything is everything, we probably just didn't have nothing for a little second. Mm-hmm. But we didn't break up. Okay. We just, like I said, he put out his solo shit. And at that point, I was focused on working with Dead Press. So that's what I was doing. And then I was doing my Oz shit at that time and all right, that right. type of shit. Wait, hold on, hold on. Stop, stop, stop. stop. Mm-hmm. Now, during, after Grand Pumba left, Grand Pumba left, were y'all still cool or like? <sighs> yes and no. Like, it, it was never the type of beef where we was going to come to blows or anything like that. But there might have been a, a, a time period where we just didn't really speak. Got it. You know what I mean? Like. And you and you and you said I didn't didn't break up at all. Y'all always no. was remain. And so tell us the transition, like moving and shaking. The 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 lead MC leaves. Whatever bullshit you did, one of y'all niggas fucked this bitch or what? That's what my language. No. Something happened. I'm nothing happened like that. I'm trolling you. <laughs> but you know, and you show the people that yo, I'm we able to do this without them. Right. It happens. Now, the homie goes out and does, Sadat does his solo. Well, we did another album, and then he did his solo. So it was three albums. It was two albums. With two albums two. With, with, with me and Sadat. Mm-hmm. And then he does his solo. solo. Mm-hmm. Then we, but then his solo kind of brings us back together. Because if you look, look up, the remix to the Lump Lump, we we ended up doing a remix to the Lump Lump, and that had that was the first time we all came together to make a record. And then from that point, we started working on some shit on us. You know, my man Jeff Dixon was like, "Yo, y'all need to come back together." Da 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 da, and you know what I mean. So we started recording a whole album on our own without a deal. Um, And then that led to going to Arista Records. Mm -hmm. And then that's when we put out the Foundation album. But most of the stuff we recorded, we we made, we didn't even use that. We did a whole new album. Mm. And yeah. Now, how did I go through the time with you guys? Well, when he left first to the time to so his solo album, you know, cause you guys are hot at the time. So, how do y'all go about the shows? You know, people probably request y'all to perform. Like, do, do you not take shows? You don't take what are you gigs. Talking about? As far as like Grand Poober leaving. Oh my God! This was this was the nightmare period you're asking about. Mm. This was the nightmare period. Cause yeah, we still got to eat. We still got to right. take shows. Right. So what do you do when the main guy or whose people perceive to be the main guy is not there? Right. I'll tell you what you do. You fucking win them. You do the show anyway and win them over. <laughs> That's what y'all did. That's my word. But see, it was just, it was trying because... We'd get to a lot of shows in the beginning. 
where's Pooba? Well, you know, you'd hear all this shit in the crowd. Where's Pooba? Ah. By the time we got to the end of the show, nobody's asking about him anymore. Mm. Because we, you know, we would still do the songs, but we would just cut his part out. And, you know, maybe on Slow Down, we would um, <clears throat> we'd have the crowd sing his part. You see what I'm saying? Um, Good performance. Yeah, so we put together a great show, but but there was a transitional period where we still had to perform these songs, but we still didn't have In God We Trust out yet. Think about that. Hmm. <laughs> so, and that was a nice little time. Like, like we was doing shows for a year straight when 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 um when we put out that first album. Were y'all making money? Yeah, yeah. We made some nice money off that first album. We, yeah. Um. So, but yeah, we had to go to do shows like that. And so finally, when we was able to put out In God We Trust, me and Sadat was so happy that we had some of our own material that people weren't going to say, where's Poobah, da, 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 But we had a, a couple of months of going through that. Mm. But we was winning mobile. Now, a couple of times, we almost got into some beef. Like, I can remember, <laughs> I can remember doing a show for some drug dealing ass nigga up in Buffalo or some diesel ass nigga and this motherfucker got on some shit when Poobah wasn't there. You know what I mean? Like he didn't mm. want to pay and all this type of shit. You know what I mean? And it How was, you got the money? Huh? How you got the money? How do we get the money? Yeah. We didn't get the money that uh, from him that day. Cause we was outnumbered, outgunned, all of that, like, like, this dude was a, wasn't nothing to play with. I ain't even gonna bullshit you not. I was not gonna play. Yeah, he wasn't nothing to play How with. How did y'all work it out? With him? I don't know if it got fully worked out. I mean, this is why a deposit is always, you know what I mean? You gotta get your deposit, so you got your first half. Um, But I don't think we got the second half that day, you know? And technically, it wasn't like we could sue him or anything like that because maybe he was expecting, you know what I mean, what he thought was the full group. And, mm. you know, we was getting over, you know, a lot of people, because some promoters were like, hey, uh, listen, uh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> tell, tell, tell us about how you made the transition over or when you made the transition over to do uh, like shows and start stuff. acting all right mm -hmm. you said uh the transition of acting that's what i said yeah. well first you said shows and i didn't know what type of shows you meant at first okay shows like tv shows yes pardon me. okay so but before you answer that we're not missing anything because like you said in the nineties, your man leave. We got. I'm a G check him on. I'm a meet him. I'm a joke to him about that. <laughs> I'm a G check him about that. Your man leave. You, you and Sadat show that yo. Listen, man. We out here to stay. Drop two joints, performing, gaffling the world, gaffling them. No, we gaffled them on the first album. Once we got our shit out, we don't gotta gaffle you no more, because you already know now. Brand newbie and his two people. 
You see what I'm saying? Yeah. But it was it was at the end of the first album where we had to do a little bit of gaffling. <laughs> you know what I mean? So gaffle, you know, the, you know, almost got washed up in Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, but everything worked out, mm-hmm. you know. And after you put out the second album, Homie decides to go. Do oh, it was Buffalo, not Boston. But anyway, go ahead. Buffalo, thank you very much. <laughs> Homie decides to go do his solo. Right. And then where does that leave you? I'm working with Dead Prez. Okay. The group Dead Press, no, Stick Man me. and M1. It's bigger than hip hop, hip hop. So, mm. so I'm I'm working with these dudes every fucking day. I'm living in State Street. You know, I meet these dudes. I see the potential in them. I I I teach them a lot of shit. You what know you what know? I mean? Song structure, fucking all kinds of shit. I'm I'm, you know. I'm grinding with these dudes. I'm, I'm, I'm saying we. I'm gonna get these motherfuckers signed. You know what I mean? And worked with them every day for a year, and got them signed with almost a year to the day that I met them. Like you know what I mean? Hmm. And they ended up getting signed to Loud, which was the poppinest label at the time. You had Wu Tang, Mob Deep, hmm. fucking all Big right. Pun, and you know we was there for all of that right at that time. You know what I mean? Um. So that's what I was doing, you know. That's what I was focusing on. Um. Meanwhile, <clears throat> what's happening? No, cause the uh, the ah uh, shit, the acting shit was a little bit after that. Yeah, so I'm doing that. You know what I mean? They're signed to me, though. Like, you know what I mean? And then I, you know, that's the days of production deals and all that. Of course. So they signed to me. I signed them to Loud. Pardon me. Okay. Um, and then somewhere along that line, Brand Nubian is starting to get back together now. Facts. Now, once Brand Nubian gets back together, you know, Jeff Dixon, who is Poobah's cousin, he's now, like, the manager. Okay? <laughs> Which, you know... Anyway, he's he's now the manager. So I'm like, at some point... But he ends up getting the, the uh, Arista deal and all this type of shit. You know what I mean? Um, so at some point, we're, we're signed to Arista. And acting was always some shit that I kind of wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But I naively felt like, all right, once you get into this rap shit, right, somebody's going to see you and be like, I want to put you in my movie or some shit like that. You know what I mean? And so, however many years being in the game, that had never happened. You know what I mean? So I'm like, what the fuck? So, so I speak it out loud. I'm like, yo, I want to do some fucking acting. See, you got to speak your shit into the it's universe. Yeah. Okay? So I said, I want to do some acting. So I go to Jeff Dixon and I say, nigga, you know, and I'm starting to see rappers getting in movies and I'm and I'm like, yo, I know I could do a better job than this nigga right here. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this nigga look like he might I can't even half read. Like, 
and this motherfucker, somebody put him in a movie. He can't even read. I'm like, yo. I said, all right, if he could do it, I could do it. So, and I'm just one of those niggas. Like, you know, if you could do it, I could do it. So, <clears throat> I say, yo, Jeff, come on. I want to act. Like, get me in a movie or some shit like that. So, he don't, he didn't really know, have any leads or nothing like that. But somehow, what came on his desk was uh, there was a premiere for it for a new HBO show that was coming out. Mm-hmm. And he got us tickets to go to, to the premiere. You know what I mean? So it turned out to be the premiere of The Sopranos. Okay? Mm, dope show. But this is when nobody knows about You know what I mean? It's just coming out. like, um, So we go to that, and mad, mad people from Oz is there. Oz is already out, you know what I mean? I'm already watching this show, liking it, and I'm like, oh shit, you know, I know this nigga from, that's the nigga from, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But then all of these niggas is fans of Brand Newbie and shit, you know what I mean? And so, me and a dude who played O'Reilly, Dean Winters, um... Yo, we we became cool. Like we was we went to the after party for the for the soprano shit. They had it at some fancy pizzeria, but we in there smoking weed and all you know what I mean? Yeah. Like and then me and him got cool and you know, over time he'd invite me to some things. I might invite him to something and you know, he invited us down to the set a couple times. Yeah, you're not racist, exactly. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, I have white friends. Yeah, uh-huh. exactly. just, so, uh, <laughs> you stupid. I'm just helping prove his point. That's my man. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was the white boy, okay, that got me on the fucking show. Yeah. Um, and again, and like this is how how hunted I keep it. So, first of all, we went down to the set one time, all of us, me. X Alamo, you know, we just checking out the set. And at one point, Dean's like, Do y'all want to get, like, y'all want to throw on some prison uniforms and get in the background or some shit like that? And so, you know, like, I, X and Alamo, I remember them looking like, like, like they was down with it. And that's my word. I ain't have no inkling that I would ever be on a show or nothing. But in my mind, I said, absolutely not. I said, I ain't going to be no fucking background. I said, if I'm going to be on this show, I'm going to be on this motherfucker. Yo, this mm. nigga's a bug out. All right, you could think I I'm bullshit. No, 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 no. Bug out meaning that you're so confident, man. Not an insult. All right, okay, but, I, okay. <laughs> Word is bond, but that's what I said, right? So I was like, nah, I'm good. So by me saying it, it kind of fucked it up for everybody. You know what I mean? I could tell niggas was a little tight, like, like, mm. Oh, this nigga Jay, he always doing some, you know what I mean? Some left shit or whatever, you know what I mean? So time goes on. So I'm talking on Dean on the phone one day, and he's like, would you ever want to be on the show? I said, hell yeah. You know what I mean? And so he's like, all right. 
Say no more. So then he calls me back another time. He's like, yo, Tom Fontana wants to meet with you. Tom Fontana is the creator of the fucking show. And I'm like, word? Now we talking. And he's like, yeah, so blah, blah, blah. We're going to go see him so whatever day. So he comes with me and all of that. I sit down with this nigga, Tom Fontana. Yo, this nigga is talking to me immediately like I'm on the show. Hmm. Nigga, I didn't read nothing or nothing. I could have been illiterate for all he knew. Thanks. But he's just talking to me like, I don't know what homeboy said to him, but he's talking to me like, you you're going to be on the show. It. We just got to figure out who you're going to be. You know what I mean? And what you're willing to do and not do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Wow. So... He says, uh, he says, aside from, from being butt fucked, what would you not want to do? You know what I mean? <laughs> I said, well, I'm glad you're saying that. You said that because I'm not down with that. Yeah, like, get out the way. And, and he said, uh, he said, I right, well, I got this one um, character. He's a Jim. He's a Jamaican. He's Jamaican, but he's an undercover police. I said, no, nah, I don't want to be no police. You know what I mean? So he's not really knowing. You know, he's like, well, do you have something in mind? And I said, yeah, actually, I do. I said, y'all got a jail show. You know what I mean? I said, but y'all not showing, y'all show the Muslims, but you're not showing no five percenters, you know? And he's like, what's the five percenters? I said, well, you know, they're kind of kind of prevalent in jail, actually, and and, you know, Kind of like the Muslims, but, you know, a little more street and, you know, not as rigid. And they teach that the black man is God. And so he's listening. He's like, so wait a minute. If the black man is God, does that mean the white man's the devil? A silence falls upon the room. I'm sitting there with two white men. I said, absolutely. Yes, it does. <laughs> Yo, who are you, sir? That motherfucker <laughs> looked at me and said, I love it. <laughs> wow. I love it. Let's do it. Yeah, bro. That's one time where having balls actually paid off. Like, hmm. because some people would not have the balls to say that. Well, well, not necessarily. All of your seat, nah. I said absolutely. And he was quiet for a second. And he said, "I love it." And then he was like, "Well, shit." And then I even came up with the name Supreme and all of that type of shit. And oh man, he was like, "I love this." Now we just got to get you in here. Like, well, we've got to figure out a crime. And I was like, oh, bank robbery. He's like, no, nah, that's federal, you know? Hmm. And, so, <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. All right, well, let me think about that one. And then I came up with some shit um, based on a true story, but not real. You know what I mean? Not really real. So the story is, you know, one time I was gambling with one of my mans and... I lost a hundred dollars 
And now this is at a time where I was not hustling. This is when I'm working a regular job. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, and like the nigga, when, when, I, when I lost the money, he's like laughing and like, you know, aha, you shouldn't have bet me God and all of this type of shit. And you know what I mean? And, 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 and so he walks out my crib and then I'm like, <laughs> I just got on my bullshit and I was like, man, fuck that. I'm getting that money back. If he would have fucking took the stairs, he would have he would have got away. But mm. unfortunately, he waited for the elevator. <laughs> so I caught that nigga right as the elevator was coming. I put my hand on the door. I was like, yo, bro, what you want to do for that, honey? <laughs> what is that? He was like, yo, God, like, you know what I mean? Like, I ain't going to lie. I was, you know. I was I was bigger than him at the time and all that. I used to be a little bigger and shit. And like I could see him getting nervous, but at the same time he wanted that bread. You know what I mean? So I'm like, yo. I'm gonna need that back. And he's like, he's holding his own though. He's like, I can't get that back. You know what I mean? Mm. He's come on, God, I got a seed on the way and all type of shit he's saying, like, you know? And I was just on some bullshit. And then, boom, 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 boom. You know? Mm. And then my brothers come out, you know? And yeah. Did you get the money back? Here's the thing, here's karma, right? So, beat him up. Go in his pocket, take the money out. I'm like, yeah, you know what I mean? I go up in the crib, you know, and I just threw it in my pocket or whatever. I go up in the crib, I pull the money out, and it was a $10 bill. Oh, shit. <laughs> I go back out. This nigga's gone. Now he's gone. Now he's now he took the stairs this time. And not only did he take the stairs, because I tried to go outside and see if I see it. Man, that nigga was out and so i just chalked it up to bad karma and i shouldn't have been on some bullshit anyway and you know what fuck it that's a gift to you to your unborn seed nigga spend it well motherfucker but that also taught me that i'm a sore loser and i shouldn't be gambling so that story is one that you use for so so yeah so so i use that Mm -hmm. so in the odd shit I'm gambling, playing dice with a nigga. I lose. He start laughing at me, but then I pull out a gun and shoot him and take my money back. You know what I mean? Got you. Well, how did you get the name Lord Jamal? That's a righteous name. Lord is, you know, Lord is 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 a like an attribute of God. Yeah, Lord is an attribute of God. And Jamal, when you when you add, see, each letter has a corresponding number to it. And when you add it all up, when you put it in its simplest form, Jamar also borns God. It, it, it equals the number seven. Tell us, I have two questions for you. Mm-hmm. Two final questions. Mm-hmm. Let's test your knowledge. Who closes? Uh-oh. Put the turn up on the 
<laughs> Allow me. What is the five percenters? What are it? So just for the people that don't know, what is that? Oh, I got knowledge, Flip. Oh, you're wasting your time. So I hope I'm asking you a good question. Oh, that's a great question. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That's when I don't mind rehashing. <laughs> <laughs> see how you say slick shit again? Um, so the 5% Nation was started by the Father Allah, um, Clarence 13 X Smith. He was in the Nation of Islam under uh, Malcolm X. And while he was studying his lessons, he came to the understanding that not only W.D. Farrard was God, but all black men were God. And he wanted to teach this. But at the time, Elijah Muhammad didn't feel that that was appropriate. So he left the mosque, went out onto the streets of Harlem and started te teaching the babies, the youth um, at the time of Harlem, the knowledge of themselves, you know? 5% represents the 5% of the planet who have the true knowledge of themselves, who know the science of the true and living God. Then you have 10% that know this science, but hide it from the remaining 85% in order to be the bloodsuckers and controllers of said 85%. So the 5% are the ones who strive to teach the 85% who they truly are and reveal what's being concealed by the 10%. Is that clear enough? Very clear. Thank you. And, and what's your, now I'm gonna give you a backstory. So we had a guy up here named King Erna. King Erna? King Erna. Okay. He's a YouTube sensation where he snatches your honor if you're a snitch or stuff like that. He says he's from Philly. Mm. So he got a thing where he snatches honor. Okay. So that's his whole Snatch thing. your honor from you. He snatches your honor okay. from you. So it's King Erna. So I was up here and, you know, I was debating King Erna because he calls a lot of people rats. Mm. And he snatches their honor and said that you shouldn't tell. You know, it's about something about citizens and stuff, whatever. So I asked him, I said, is Malcolm X a rat? I asked him that. Because Malcolm X told on the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. He stated, took him a while. He said, yes. That caused a lot of backlash. Hold on. Caused a lot of backlash for him. Mm -hmm. He went and he said, you know what? You know, I should have put a little more honor on Malcolm X's name. You know, Malcolm X, you know, from the street mentality that I think from, you know, he will be considered that. Um, but he felt that it didn't apply to him because Malcolm X was for the people. This is what he said. All right, cool. Then I had Sarnetta up here. You know who Sarnetta mm -hmm, is. Mm -hmm. And then a the guy named Garfield that he had with him, Garfield stated that Malcolm X, we were just having conversations, or conversing, I guess, and Malcolm X, he said Malcolm X 
I said that um, the NOI tried to, in my opinion, or the NOI killed Malcolm X. That was my opinion from the little knowledge that I know because I don't know that much knowledge. Mm-hmm. And then um, and I asked him, did they think he they were right? That it was it justified that they did that to Malcolm X because he was such a great person? And the Honorable Elijah Muhammad um, was uh, messing with underage women. That's what, you know, that's what I said. Basically, he said that he had a lot of theories about Malcolm X, saying that Malcolm X tried to burn down his house himself. It wasn't really set on fire. So I came up with a whole thing about a debate, a private debate that I'm doing with selective people to discuss Malcolm X. Not if he was a rap, but just to discuss things about the NOI. Even the Nation of Islam reached out to me, talking about they wanted to be a part of it. They did a whole post. The question I'm going to ask you, i just give you the backstory, is mm-hmm. that what do you know about Malcolm X? One question. And the second question would be, do you think the Nation of Islam took him out? And if they did, did they have a right to take him out? Whoa. Well, okay. Uh, I mean, I know as much about Malcolm as most of us do. Hold up. <laughs> he's good, he's good. Um I mean I know I know his daughters, you know. I've 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 met them quite a few times over the years. Um I know it's a sensitive I know it's a very, very Hang on, I'm I'm just trying to process everything you're saying. So Ooh, they stand on your because, square. Because I've always been taught to do the knowledge before you do the wisdom. That means think before you speak. Most people, and you probably benefit from, motherfuckers speaking before they think. And that's what the internet really be all about a lot of times. But if you watch a lot of my Vlad interviews, I'll do one of these because I have to, I'm, I'm hearing these, Shit for the first time. You see what I'm saying? No, I so I gotta to process the shit. Take your time. Um I th- like I said, I feel like I know as much as most people know about Malcolm, maybe a little more, just from being around those type of circles. Um two, do I think the nation of Islam did it? No. I think the government did it. And had, hold up, and had some people within the nation of, and used some people in the nation of Islam to do it. But I don't think this was an all out plan, you know, coming from the top, from Elijah Muhammad to say, yo, go in there and shoot this dude at the Autobahn ballroom. I don't believe that. You know, um, And again, this stuff about was he a snitch and did they, what did you say? Should no. they have killed him, you said? No. So <clears throat> the, the question was, 
Nah, that was the before. I didn't ask you that question. Was he a snitch? Because I, you know, we got. But that, at the that. end, you said, "What was the last one? Something about were the they la- justified? Yeah, if, if they so. did, if they did knock him off, was was were they justified in doing so? Because remember, Louis Farrakhan gave a speech and stated that Malcolm X was ours to deal with. If we want, to, I'm not saying it verbatim, right, right, right. But he stated something like that. So if the Nation of Islam did, would they have a right to? I mean, does anybody have a right to have someone killed? Like, exactly. No, they don't. No, I wouldn't say they had a right to. Um, Their thing is that I guess when I did a, a research after this whole thing and setting up the debate, the thing that I learned a lot is that the Nation of Islam pushed the narrative that we didn't like Malcolm Little. We like the makeup. We like Malcolm X, the the person that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad taught and gave him the knowledge and mm-hmm. pushed to us. That's who we liked. So I guess they consider it that he, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know. But they want... created the persona that we love? Yes. Thank you very much. You're a smart man. Wow. Ooh. You know, you just, you helped me for real. Um, And that's true. But then what's the argument behind that i don't understand okay you create you cleaned him up and made him the great man that we like we wouldn't be celebrating malcolm little right now he'd be just any other fucking hustler unless you see what i'm saying because there's plenty of malcolm littles out there right now so um i think his thing was that because people accuse the noi of of assassinating malcolm x and and and, and i think that his thing was that, and people hold them accountable and, and say certain things to, to, so his thing was like, you know, we created Malcolm. We created the, this is what I saw. We created the man that you love. So if we did do anything, it'll be, it'll be, we will have the right to do so. Now I'm not. Oh, pleased. like, 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 I, I understand what you're saying. Like the maker and owner mentality. Like I made him so I can, I, I brought you in this world and I'll take you out type yes. of mentality. Yes. Um, come on, man. Like, like, that's almost like saying, you know, bitches, you get mad bitches because you wear Jordans. So Jordan should be able to, like, stop you from getting bitches or some shit because. They, because Jordan made you fly, like, 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 that's a it, the, the argument is just flawed to me. Like, like, okay, they gave him, they gave him the knowledge, but at the same time, the knowledge they gave him, he packaged it in such a way that nobody else was able to do up until that point, where he brought more people came to the nation of Islam than any other time when Malcolm was there. That's why he was so valuable. Okay? So it was twofold. He they helped clean him up and he helped bring people to the nation. So I hope that's not the argument. No one has the right to kill anyone. Mm. How about that? I don't give a fuck what I taught you and all that. You know? That's like, oh, so Pooba taught me how to sample. So I guess he has the right to 
kill me or stop me from making music because no. he's the one to show me how to do it. Like, I no, like, like you take things and then you grow and you know what I mean? We all learn stuff. Where'd you learn it from? Do, do you think Malcolm was wrong for saying what he said in that on, on the news about the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and the underage women? You know, I think I think Malcolm was in a he was in a place that he was in unfamiliar territory. He looked up to this man. He looked up to this man and in um you know, I think he was hurt. Like, like, y'all got children? Yes. You know what I mean? Has your son ever fucking, or, or daughter, you know, ever been mad at daddy because you put him on punishment? Oh, I hate you. And walk off to their room <laughs> or some shit like that. Like, yeah. mm -hmm. but you know they don't really fucking hate you. They just, you know, in the moment, they don't understand why you're punishing them, you know, because remember, he was put on a, uh, 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 like a silence or something. He wasn't kicked out or nothing like that. He was just silenced for a period of time. Saying something you know, and he felt, you know, go to your room, basically, is what Elijah said. Mm -hmm. And he went stomping off mad. You know what I mean? Um, again, like I said earlier with, with me and Poobah, shit happens in families. You know what I mean? And, you know, sometimes there's that brother relationship, but sometimes there's that father-son relationship is what more of what they had. Um, now, if you're not the type of father who's fully transparent with your children about who you are and you portray yourself as something and then they find out that you're not that, that could throw a motherfucker off. See what I'm saying? And I think that's kind of what happened. But I feel like if he was allowed to live, we don't know what would have happened. Would he have come back to, once the suspension was gone over, would he have just come back or something like that? Because there is some indication that maybe that was going to happen. But we'll never know that. Because conveniently, this man was taken out. And, you know, now he's not here to speak for himself. You know, so but you didn't answer if you think that he was justified in doing that. You just I already said, said no, no man, it's not. I can't justify killing any. No, I didn't say killing. I said justified. And do you think he w was right in saying what he said to the news about the honorable Elijah Muhammad? I don't, I don't think he was right, but I, but I understand. I think why he may have done it. Like I feel like I can. If I try to put myself in his shoes mm. and, you know, I think he was scared. I think he was a lot of things in that in that moment. And when you're not clear, see, see clarity and peace, you know, that's when that's when you're going to be at your best in all things. You know what I mean? When the water is real ripply, you can't you can't see what's going on. Only when it's the shit is calm, oh, then I can see. Like you see what I'm saying? That's a great example. And so like your mind has to be that same way. 
Now, at that moment, his mind is all over the place. Troubled waters. You know what I mean? So if he did do something that was wrong, it you know, first of all, no one does everything right. And it was due to the circumstances that he was going through at the time. You know what I mean? I'm not going to sit here and judge him because, again, none of us have the full information on what happened. So, I'm going to wait till this run out, Bob. Mm -hmm. So, um, you're right about that. None of us has the full of what happened. So, one of Garfield's arguments was that he told me that, um, or told us, sorry, that I said that Malcolm X's older daughter spoke to the Honorable Minister Farrakhan when they did that interview and stated that, you know, she felt that they had something to do with it, right? And then, but he told me that the younger daughter did the research and said the FBI has something to do with it. Why do you guys automatically go that direction? Why do we have to, why we can't? Because there's so much evidence of them doing all this type of shit at that time. Do you not know about Kel Pro? Like, this is what they were doing at that time. J. Edgar Hoover and all that type of shit, that was their specialty. So this is what gets you to turn up, shit like this? Can you relax and let me finish my <laughs> Damn, man. You just let me have the candy. God, you know, I, I thought you were finished, my no, bad. No, nah, because you're ready to let the candy go. But why, why do we have to always blame the government? They were doing a lot because of Because the government's always doing shit. So the government put people in Harlem on top of the balcony, like they said, to shoot down. Oh, come on, man. That's, what, what are you talking about? That's what people are saying. Huh? Like, the theories. They to was on top who? of the balcony and the bullets showed that it came at an angle. No. See, I, I didn't hear. I didn't, I've never heard all of that. <laughs> I ain't hear nothing about balconies. <laughs> See, so all I know that. is they. it happened inside the Autobahn ballroom. Yes. Okay. Get your hand out my pocket. What I understand is what what will be obvious to me is yes, everything that we saw, some people ran up on them, shot them right there with the shotguns and all that type of shit. But these people were paid or whatever the fuck. This was not a natural occurrence. Okay. I believe it was orchestrated by deeper powers that be but mm. again i was a fucking baby when this happened so you know it's not like i'm talking about this with first-hand knowledge Understood. i'm just going by the wickedness that america through its history shows us time and time again you know um the type of shit that they do to our leaders Time and time again, mm -hmm. this falls right in line with that. So if they didn't, if they had nothing to do with it, it would be one of the few times that they didn't have their hand in some fuck shit. Got it. So everything, all roads lead to the FBI, CIA, FBI. One of those alphabet boys has something to do with this shit. Um, 
so because you know they did real quick, and I'm gonna, I want to ask you about Martin Luther King. Um, they did state that a guy was planted in you know. Matter of fact, hang on. I I stated this one time before, but fuck it, I'm gonna go ahead and give you some firsthand shit right here, real before quick. Before you do that, let, let's change the call real quick, please. Let me take a piss real quick. Sure, sure. Damn, this shit's going kind of long, bro. I don't I mean, I just want to ask you two more questions. You, you long-winded. What are you talking about? Yeah, well, don't blame me. You too, <laughs> nah. We started off turned up. <laughs> we started off. Straight. You show him, please? Yeah, that shit was like six minutes left or something like that. Seven minutes. Just now? Yeah. I was trying to tell you earlier. No, I know. I, I, when, when I when I turn around, I'm what you, when you tell me stuff like that, I already know. Like you, you tell, right. I, I already text already. All right. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, yeah. I know you want to finish this shit. I'll, I'll show it. Then you want to do the the Patreon yeah. shit too. That's all I was like, make sure. Nigga, I was tired, boy. What? I'm tired. Right now. Mad tired. Oh, all right. Before I'm asleep and shit too. I was about to get up and go use the bathroom. Before I sleep on the bathroom floor. Nigga. <laughs> I can do that. After for a little we, bit, you, we, had to, you, had to, you had to hold it down for a no, little bit. I come back, whoop. After we finish this, you can take sleep as long as you want. Hell no. <laughs> Did you turn this off? No, nobody turned it off. So stop recording itself? Probably. Oh, shit. Probably just now. Pass the, pass the card. Just give me the card and let me see the card reader. Check for myself. How much you got? If it says 242 something, if it has three clouds in it, then that's the tip. That means you got what it says. Thank you, Bach. He does, um, what's that channel? 5, 11, man, new shit. He does, um, watch that shit. Anything I need, any cameras, any discs, whatever. I got you. Hold my phone. What? Yeah, he does, like, the TV shit. He's like, yo, anytime you want to come, you want to come to the station, you want to come by, you want to ask questions, you got any journalists, you want to, you want to get any tips on journalism or anything, like, any help y'all need, let me know. I fuck with y'all from Queens, uh, O-Head, too. That's fire. I don't know if you want to, you know, you, you shot take that shit, but if you need some other shit, just, just throwing it out there. Okay, so you said that you were going to give us first-hand knowledge. Oh, that the government was at the very least um, spying and shit on Malcolm. So, I told you earlier, right, that I had did my um my history, like my uh my heritage, like not through no DNA shit, but like through records and shit like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I had a person that that does this, that specializes in this shit to um look back on my shit, right? So so 
she d she did my father's side that went back to Guyana now my mother is adopted right so she don't even really she didn't necessarily know her mother's name and all of this type of shit but she knew her father's name long story short this lady found the records of you know, who my mother's mother was and her father and all of this type of shit, right? So, when I'm finding out some of the history of who my mother's father was, right? He's from Harlem. He was a police officer. But his brother was also a police officer and he was one of the first black men, black officers in the state department and one of his fucking duties i found out and this was in a book i found that this motherfucker was spying on malcolm x first of all put some respect on his name that's your uncle I don't give a fuck. I don't know this nigga. That's your uncle. Don't disrespect your family there in front of me. I can't allow that. Hey, first of all, this motherfucker abandoned my mother, okay? Fuck that nigga, okay? Whether he's my grandfather or not, fuck that. Like, he knew it was some shit where, yeah. But anyway, <laughs> right now, that's how I feel. But anyway, and... <laughs> when me and my brother found this shit out, oh my God, we was, oh. Yeah, so this motherfucker was like sitting in, in, in parking lots taking down license plate numbers and shit of people attending Nation of Islam meetings and all of that type of shit. And when he, and when Malcolm left, I think, the nation and started his own Unia, <clears throat> Um, organization he was tasked to go and run up on Malcolm and ask him like what his fucking intentions were this was all in a book and this guy would be my uncle word so so I say that to say at at, at you know and I'm not happy about that. I'm not happy to be connected to this motherfucker. But I'm saying that I know for a fact from somebody that's in my family that the government was fucking with Malcolm. Why do you think they was fucking with him? Because he was a danger. He had influence. Having influence is either good or bad, depending on what side you are on of it. That's why they want people to be influential now. They want you to be an influencer for their shit. But you, when you're an influencer for your shit, you a fucking problem. You a hater. You see? Like, like let's make no mistake about it. My, my whole line of thinking is a direct line of the Marcus Garveys and the Malcolm X's. If they were alive right now, they'd be on Twitter and IG saying the same shit I'm saying right now. 
And y'all would be calling these niggas all kind of haters and fucking, why you hate on the white man? So and all this type of shit. But, but now that they're dead, it's only when they're dead can we celebrate these people. But when they're alive, it's a problem. Who do you think killed Martin Luther King? Same. Same people. Hmm. Come on, man. Until you can show me something otherwise, that's, you know, that's the, that's the evidence I see. But again, I wasn't there on the balcony that day. I don't know, really, but from what I see and from what I know this government to do, especially to the black leaders. But he was more of a positive black Yo, leader. see, and that's another thing. Like, but first me. of all, Malcolm's whole message is getting twisted around. This whole idea, uh, uh, have a dream speech. He was very critical of the United States government, of the Vietnam War and all this type of shit. He was very anti government when it came to certain things Talking about martin luther king yes martin luther king okay he was radical in his thinking in certain ways and not for nothing his peaceful protests were a strong weapon for certain things now, upon reflection um although i probably would have been one of those niggas at that time that was like fuck that you know what i mean fuck that peaceful shit <laughs> but um you know, there's different forms of attack. You see what I'm saying? So he was doing the passive resistance, and, you know, that might be needed in certain areas. And then you also need violent resistance, too, sometimes. You know, you need a balance of both. But both can be used as weapons, and both can be dangerous, depending on who's the on the receiving end of it. So don't think that, some of the things that he said seemed like it was in line, you know, with what white people wanted him to say, but a lot of shit wasn't. But we don't see a lot of that shit. We don't see those fucking speeches and shit like that. Only the ones they want us to see. If I started saying a couple things now that the white people loved, they'd start fucking, yeah, Lord Jamar's about that type of shit and then hide everything else I said. You know what I mean? This is a question that I had in my brain. Why do you think now? I spoke to my son in high school, sophomore. You said he's in high school now? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And he told me that I noticed this in my later time, my later years in school, like my senior year. But he told me that the teacher told him that they don't have the reason why they don't have Malcolm X in the textbooks anymore because they don't teach Malcolm X about Malcolm X in the school anymore, in the New York in the school system, they're not teaching about him. Martin Luther King, and he said that because Malcolm X is too controversial. So this is why, he says a Caucasian teacher that told him this. Why do you think that they took him out the books? Do you think it's because of that? You know, why do you think that they don't teach the kids or the youths in school to, today about one of the best leaders 
you know, because he, he, he asks certain questions and he enlightened you to certain perspectives that they don't want to shine light on to. They don't want you thinking about those things. Even to even these days? Even to because it's still going on. Nothing go. has really changed. You think just because we had a black president that, you know, we're, 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 we're so far removed from where we were when Malcolm was alive. Look at the rate of unemployment of black men in 1967 and what it is today. It's going to be around the same fucking thing, bro. Like nothing has really changed. It just there's a few people that it seems like it changed. We got Jay-Z's and Oprah's and shit to point at. Like, look, black people are doing great. No, a few of us got some bread. Most of us are still fucked up like we was before. Integration fucked us up. We were better when we were on our own and had our own shit. So, yes, even today, nothing has really changed the same. And that's why, that's why the words resonate still. You see? That's why it still resonates because the more things change, the more things stay the same. That's a good one. Pooba made a song with that title not too long ago. And I was on the song with him, actually. Wow. One of his solo joints. You know, what do you think we need as a people to be comfortable, to stop complaining, to... uh to be confident in our in our race as as black people because in my opinion a lot of people are not confident these days like not like back in the days i think that you know people like malcolm and certain people were confident and proud to be black black and i'm proud and i guess that was because of what was going on at the time i think these days people are just what do you think that what do you think Hmm. I want to word this right. Like you said, think before speaking. Take your time. What do you think we need? (laughs) How can we get our confidence back then? How can we be, you know, how can, what do you think people need in order to be because, and I say that to say that, a lot because a lot of things that's going on today, you know, with the police mm-hmm. and what's going on outside. I think the, I think that for some of the youth, I mean, even though you know, it's, it's just different. And I and and, and you know, I'm gonna stray off a little bit because I'm confusing myself, but shit is just different because you know, back in the days, I can't see you know guys walking outside and seeing uh, two black kids fighting or a cop. Let's say a cop beat on a kid and not helping. I watched videos where, you know, black people, even though they were getting bit, bitten by dogs, punching and fighting back the police. You know, these days, 
if a police officer is beating on a kid, you know, we pull out our phones and record. Right. Right. And in my opinion, I use and say that I don't know if our confidence, I, I, I may be using the wrong terminology and I want you to correct me because of your knowledge. I don't know if our confidence have been stripped, but I don't know if our confidence have been stripped or for us not to be proud. But what do you think we need to get back into that mind frame to help one, each one teach one, to help one another, to not stand there and record, to not watch those things, to basically fuck shit up. When one of ours is getting hurt, what do you think that we need in order to make that, to get that mentality back? Or can that mentality ever come back? I mean. I lost myself, so I know I lost you, but you, you'll get it. No, no, I, I, I hear what you're saying. It's like. I mean that mentality it, it's there it's just kind of dormant like you know what I mean like like it has to be activated and so we have to kind of almost remove ourselves psychologically from the devil's society meaning not being so caught up in the things that he says is important. So you just named a list of things that you feel is important for us to get right. But he has a list 10 times longer than that of bullshit that he says is, is important. Twitter, IG, the football game, the basketball game, the fucking, you know, uh, getting a new car, your clothes, your, you know, money, all this fucking shit that he tells you is important rather than helping your brother and sister, you know. Um, you know what I mean? Helping to instill this type of confidence that enables you to go on and do great things in the fucking world. Shit like that is not as important to you as it is as getting some fucking Yeezys or some shit. You see what I'm saying? So, until we can, until we're not slaves and we're able to break certain chains, because y'all think that, you know, just because the chains of slavery is off of you, you know, that you're not chained, but you are. We chained to a lot of shit, myself included. We all chained to some shit, you know what I mean? Although you might break one chain, you still got other chains that you need to release. So we have to, you know, first of all, we have to realize that we are chained, you know what I mean? That those chains exist. And then we gotta systematically remove them you know and stop worrying about bullshit understand that that the creator has has put everything that you need is already here like everything you need to exist like you can go you don't have to work a, you can go outside and pick food off the fucking tree you put a seed in the ground and food's gonna pop out 
As long as you do the right things, the creator, you don't have to fucking do this man's bullshit for that. But if you want him to do it for you, then you gotta, you know, there's hoops you gotta jump through. But if you realize that he's not even necessary, you know what I mean? A lot of that shit is not even necessary. That everything you need is already provided for you. You wouldn't be a slave to that shit. So that's why they keep you preoccupied so that you won't realize that. And you'll keep feeling like you need them. We good? We're good. We're good. Golly. Queens Flip. You know, plug in your social media, your podcast, and Oh. You see? <laughs> because I'm the, you know. Whatever. Hey. No, I do want to plug it, but I'm just saying like you know, everybody's always such an opportunist and shit like that. Like, I'm just here to kick it with you. I, I It kind of almost slipped my mind, like, to plug my own fucking shit. Like, mm-hmm. And we sat here for uh, about three hours. three hours. Yeah, okay. Well, listen. <laughs> <laughs> we started up here, then we came here. Right. Then we went. I like it. So, listen, um... Of course, I do the Anatomy and God cast with, with Rod Digger and, and Godfrey. Um, we actually down right now because of some fuck shit um, with big development trying to basically illegally take control of the space that we were filming at. We were in the Black Lady Theater in Brooklyn and... There's a lot of history that goes into this. That was the sister uh, theater to the slave theater that was on Fulton that had a lot of history with, you know, black activists and shit like that. A lot of speeches used to go down there. They knocked that shit down illegally, and now they're going after this one. Um, I thought they're not supposed to knock down things that is... Yeah, that have historical significance. Yeah, I know. Well... They do a lot of things in this world that you're not supposed to do. But anyway, so the the doors basically to the Black Lady Theater were just locked by the marshal like a week or so ago. And, you know, my lights is up in there right now. And fucking, I got to quit. We're about to get the shit out of there. But we've been down. We haven't been back, um, you know, filming a new episode since the, for the new year yet. But we are coming back, trust. So all my people that fuck with us on the United Mean Godcast, appreciate y'all support. Uh, we'll be right back at it. Uh, if you want to check me out on social media, it's at Lord Jamar on all platforms, Twitter, IG. Yeah, those are my main joints, really. And really, IG mostly. Like, um, Yeah, that's that. All right, man. A dope episode. Appreciate you coming up here. You know what I'm saying? The podcast. Um, definitely one of the longest shows. <laughs> Getting tired of shit. Definitely one of oh, the you can shows. check me out. Um, 
You can check me out on this new show that's coming out on ABC. It's called For Life, mm-hmm. produced by 50 Cent. Nice. And I just did a little episode. Okay. Still acting? Yep. Music? Mm-hmm. You still doing music or? Yeah, I'm doing music. Uh, I got a new artist that I'm working with, though, that I'm very excited about. His name is Cooks, Stove God Cooks. Check him out. Um, He's going to be something special. Yeah. All right. We're signing out, man. Um, don't forget to follow the pages at Flip the Script Pod, at Queens Flip with a Z, at DJ G Money 156. Shout out to the good people at Very Impressive. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to James Cruz. Shout out to Mr. Chambers. What do they do at Very Impressive? These, these are the. Uh, one of the top promoters in Queens and New York City. They do a lot of big events and a lot of big parties. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So he's my guys for a long time. So, you know, okay. they say brand right here, very impressive. Chambers, I see you it up. Chance, James Cruz, Queens. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he, he hates He hates when I do my whole sponsor rants. He, he doesn't really. He's not big. Well, as long as you don't have squid face on, you know. I mean, good. I would. No, nah, he's, he's finished. He's finished. You're a cool guy, man. <laughs> So are you, bro. What? How you gonna do that? Just take my shit. And that's a cool guy. He's, to me, he's cool, man. Wow. I just stole you money joint. That's that's a, that's a big deal. No, you, no, usually no. on the show, I give the he cools out. You know, like oh he cool, man. But he he felt he felt the need. This oh, episode. you give him out. I give him out. It's oh, pretty. Okay. It's pretty a big. It's pretty a big deal on the, on the show. Okay. But um, so he he I'm he glad. gave it out to you. So so can you get? Can I get one too? Can I get a double he cool or? Well, he just, you know, nah, I, I, think, I think especially supersede, his supersedes your he cool. I, I think especially. He said, no, yeah. no, 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 his is top. I'm waiting for you to, I, that was just a, that was just to remind you in a way like that. I okay, cool, but that's yeah. the first time you ever, because I wanted to remind you that I think that he's. You don't remind me about my, I know what's going on over here, man. <laughs> <laughs> I had to remind you, once I go, you know, we go, we, we sign out. I know. Oh, so you don't think he deserves it? cool. Why you doing that, man? Ooh, I didn't say that. Go, I didn't there say we go. There we go. He's trying like, to start beating. Why are you chosen? Uh-huh. He cool, ah! man. He cool. <laughs> <laughs> he cool, he cool, man. <laughs> well, I was going to say the reason why he was cool before I do that, I was going to set it up. You know what? You know what? You've been surprising me lately. I know, I know. I was going to say one, the laugh is why he's cool. And um, <laughs> that's the yeah. That's <laughs> and number two, he probably said the most the most f words on the show ever. That uh, goes down to history. So I think that's cool too. That's what the fuck is up. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, this Queens Flip man, URLTV.tv. Remember, lock your doors, close your windows, close your blinds, open your blinds. And if you see a man like Lord Jamal on your lawn, you don't need a firearm. Let him in. Wait, don't let him in because he mean harm. So don't be afraid to use a firearm. I'm from Queens. <laughs>